the show is about to start in 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. You'll be fine on the mountain. It's time for Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Built by the Barnumidium Company, served by Chicken Cock Whiskey, and part of the Chief Sports Network. Juice Wells, all the way, touchdown Gamecocks! Pressure, and he just dives in! All right, greetings and good morning. Welcome aboard and welcome home inside the Gamecocks, the show. Live from the Sinorama Mobile Studios today, very proudly presented by our friends at Chicken Cock Whiskey and, of course, served by them, thanks to Mahdi. We've got a fine bottle sitting right here and built by the Barn Dominium Co. The Barndo Co. is what they're called, the thebarndominiumco.com, where you can build your dream home in four states for as low as $160 per square foot. That would be the Carolinas, Georgia, or Tennessee. You will probably notice that I am not in our normal Sinorama studio today. I'm on the road, Palm Casual, at 350 Holiday Bull- Holiday Road in uh, Somerville, South Carolina, where this weekend is the biggest sale of the year, the warehouse clearance sale, where you can get stuff as low as 60 to 80% off. And we are really, really excited to be here. You'll see some photos and videos and things like that throughout uh, the program. If you are in the area, you're welcome, of course, to stop by. Michael Flint is here. Aaron Beasley, who owns Palm Casual, is also here. I put a video out on Twitter earlier, guys, when I pulled up of what's going to be going on this weekend. It's literally like Christmas in October if you want things for the outdoors. Uh, I'm talking teak. I'm talking wicker. I'm talking anything you could possibly imagine. They've got it, and we're excited to be able to show you some of that stuff here over the next three hours. Of course, it is Friday, and that means tomorrow the Gamecocks play. They'll be in Columbia, Missouri to take on the Tigers, trying to get back on track following last weekend's loss. Late game debacle against the Gators, 41-39, to as we're all well aware. It is 20th-ranked Missouri on deck at 3.30 tomorrow on the SEC Network, and uh, we will get to that here coming up plenty of that in just a little while jc jb and phil until two o'clock i wish y'all could be here jc i just showed you we've got a bottle of chicken cock so by the time two o'clock rolls around that'll be gone uh, especially with flint being in the house and uh and we'll all try to make our way back uh, towards the coast and get ready for the weekend uh, appreciate all of your hard work and and helping us kind of get this thing set up and get rolling uh this morning out here mike cisco and honey baked ham will also be um, supplying some lunch for all of us. So we're excited about that. Uh, but uh, guys, here we go. Two and four on the road, five and one, or excuse me, six and one Missouri. 
It's a big one. It's a big if they can win. I mean, I don't, I don't know if they can win. I mean, this is one of those games where I just don't know. Um, our guy Chris Phillips obviously uh, picked Missouri to lose to the Gamecocks, uh, 38-30. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you do kind of heading into this game – just, just the, it's not really the nature of how Carolina's played this year. Uh, it's more of a, the nature of how Shane Beamer's teams have played the, the three years he's been here uh, for the most part. And then the nature of college football. Uh, you know, you have a team that's kind of having a break breakthrough season. And, and let's be honest, Missouri's off to the best start, you know, and have probably had their best team since Gary Pinkle was the coach mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Um, I don't care what they said about that Kelly Bryant team. I think everybody was overrating Kelly Bryant because he was, a, you know, the mighty Clemson Tigers the year before, and they just assumed he was going to be great, and and he really wasn't that great. Nobody, nobody really watched Clemson that year, right? Um, yeah. It's just one of those things in college football media that day. Uh, it's they haven't had a team like this. I mean, you know, and they've got weapons all over the field on offense. They've got a quarterback playing uh, the best he's ever played. You know, a little banged up at running back, a little banged up in the secondary, uh, but they've got talent uh, and a really disruptive defensive line that's given Carolina fits the last two years. Um, But you sort of look at it and you're like, well, man, Missouri, you know, they had some close wins where they escaped about Middle Tennessee for teams from Tennessee this year, Middle Tennessee and Memphis, Uh, escaped with their lives with Kansas State. Uh, had a crusher against LSU. And then last week, I think most of us thought that uh, most of us thought maybe Kentucky would beat them at home. And and they got up off the mat and, and, and rallied. So this team showed some resiliency. Still, as we found out at South Carolina through the years, and we found out at other schools through the years, teams that aren't used to being there sometimes walk into games and take teams lightly. I'm not saying Carolina took Missouri lightly last year. I just think after Marshawn Lloyd got hurt, they had no plan on offense, and yeah. the defense had no plan uh, because Drinkwitz outcoached them in the first half. Um, but it was a little flat. You know, you can go watch uh, – speaking of Chris Phillips, he has – he ran that 2001 during the offseason a lot because I remember Carolina was in garnet helmets, garnet jerseys. Weird. Um, and it was just kind of a so-so. You guys were there, uh, and, and Carolina lost. Uh, we've seen it with the Gamecocks um, against Vandy in 07 at home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, we've seen other teams just lay eggs when, when they're not used to kind of being there, you know, against good teams that are hungry. And so if the Gamecocks go in there and play hungry uh, and maybe catch Missouri a little flat, uh, I think there's a shot. You know, I, I, I don't know if both teams execute and play their game plan to the best of their ability that, that sets up well for the Gamecocks, but that's how football is. I mean, South Carolina obviously did not play its best on defense last week against Florida. So we'll see what happens uh, Saturday. That's why you play the game. Uh, I, I, you know, the, the Vegas line not being that big sort of makes me wonder a little bit about this. Yeah, it does. Too. Well, in 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 Schrader is, uh, I think he's still questionable going into the game, and that's a big part of their offense. Um, so. We'll kind of see what comes of that, but it is an interesting line. It's been between six and a half and seven and a half, right around seven right now. Uh, Hunter, don't worry. Uh, we make our predictions at the end of the show uh, on uh, Fridays around here. So uh, hopefully hopefully you'll be here still. 
by the time we get there. But uh, yeah, it is an interesting line, and Missouri is an interesting team based on what it's it, the the you kind of pointed some of this out, JC. But when you go back and look, they've actually been better on the road at Kentucky, at Vanderbilt, uh, both winning by scores of thirty-eight to twenty-one. I know it's not difficult to go into Nashville and perform well, and not trying to take a shot at the Commodores, but it's just not one of those atmospheres that's very intimidating. As everybody well knows, it's been at home, like you pointed out, where they've kind of had some oops, the Middle Tennessee game, you, you said earlier, the Kansas State game, that, although they did win that game, Kansas State was ranked 15th in the country uh, going into it, the seven-point win over Eddie Lewis's former team, the Missouri Tigers, and then, uh, of course, that LSU game, you know, it looked like for a while the Missouri was going to pull it out. The 10-point difference, if people – you know, weren't watching the game was the pick six at the end of it. That's what made uh, that 49-39 score look the way that it did. So, yeah, you're hoping that maybe South Carolina can find lightning in a bottle. If they do, they'll need to be better in the second half, guys. We've kind of been pulling some stats this morning. Uh, Michael Flint and I have, and thank God I've got him here because although he's not very smart, he is smart when it comes to football. Uh, But the, the second half bugaboos have been what have gotten Carolina, Mississippi State, Tennessee and Florida, they have been outgained by a combined 369 to 192 in the fourth quarter. That can't happen this weekend at Missouri. And then on the road in in Athens, the third quarter over there, when Georgia took control of the game, the dogs uh, outgained them 197 to 32. So, you know, it's, 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 the adjustments have been made, it feels like, by the opposition. Carolina's had some nice moments in the second half of all these games. They did win the Mississippi State game overall. But we all remember the heartache, too, and the big plays going to Tulu. So, uh, J.C., Phil, when, when, you, when you go actually look through all those numbers, what's really staggering to get, to get those numbers to where they are is the amount of big plays. And so it goes back to the questions that we've kind of been asking for a while, at least throughout the week on our program. Is it a matchup issue? Is it a talent issue, which I don't believe that it is? Is it a is it an adjustment issue? Is it all of the above? I know they've been focused on it this week, and hopefully they've found some answers before they kick off tomorrow. I, I think it's, it is a matchup issue, and it's getting people that uh, don't match up. Unfortunately, against I mean, they're getting into bad matchups. I mean, it's obvious. I think to anybody, and I'm I'm not smart enough to say how to fix it. Uh, you know, I, yeah. I don't know if you I'm run more. Because, you, you know, this defense so far this year, guys, to me, seems like it's a pick-your-poison type of defense. Yeah, uh, in other I words, agree. they're giving up a ton of rushing yards to begin with, and everybody's worried about that, right? Georgia kind of got them after them on the ground a bit in the second half. Well, then they adjust, and lo and behold, they'll Mississippi State and Florida, two running football teams, well below their season average, but they just get torched through the air. So, so, so what is it, and why – why is this defense in general the whole three years been this way where mm-hmm. it can just basically stop one thing or another. Now, up until the Mississippi state game, most of the time it was the run that was the bugaboo. Right. 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 Um, then all of a sudden they, they bow up and find a way to eliminate the run basically, but they're giving up passing yards like they're the 2014 team, you know, and that 2014 team, I don't think I need to go back and read who all was in that secondary compared to who all was in this secondary this year. You know, yeah. you've got future NFL guys in this secondary. I don't think you had a single one. I think Bryson Williams was the best player back there. 
and he did all he could that, that season. So, I mean, I don't know, man. You know, you, you know that that to me smells like a, a systemic issue, right? Like something's not something's misfiring. Something's been figured out. You do have to give credit to the opposing coaches. You do have to understand the other teams got coaches too, but that's why you coach. Coaching is about countering in many, many ways. And if you can't counter, you can't coach. And so it's up to Clayton White these last six games to counter a bit. Uh, you know, I was surprised to hear Eli Drinkwood say, you know, about Clayton White in the press conference this week. He was like, well, he always has a little bit of different wrinkle every week or whatever. And I'm like, well, gosh, you guys have kind of caught on to it pretty quick, right? You know, so um, yeah. I don't know. I, I just, you know, you, you don't, you don't, you know, it's not really – I don't know. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe we get to the end of the year and you look back and laugh at the Florida and, and Mississippi State games and all those past years and say, "Ah, well, they fixed it." Um, they have the talent to fix it, I think. Uh, but it's just a matter of going out there, making the right calls, running the right calls when you're the players, because that seemed to be an issue. Um, you know, and, and, and making things happen. So uh, they need to get some stops. Missouri's good on offense. It's not like they're the Kansas City Chiefs, though. So, you, you know, you can go out there and get some stops. We are live at 350 Holiday Drive in Somerville, South Carolina, on remote. Palm Casual, their annual warehouse clearance sale is starting at 7 o'clock Sunday morning right here. Uh, and in just a little while, Aaron Beasley will be showing you live via video what is out the doors behind me. It's it is something I've never seen before. Uh, 60 to 80 percent off of incredible stuff here from Teak to Wicker and everything in between. If you've uh, never been to a store like this, you will really love it if you can make it through uh, on Sunday over here in uh, Somerville. If you're coming from Columbia, you're really not coming that far for a great deal. If you're going to be in the low country, of course, you know right where you're headed. Rain or shine, it's not going to rain. So that's good news there. And then, of course, uh, the Sunbrella Deluxe Cushions. They are the nation's largest cushion distributor. So you're going to want to, if you need anything from the smallest to the biggest thing, this is where you'll want to be for all that. Aaron will be here in just a few minutes as well to kind of tee us up with what we'll be doing the rest of the day around here. I'll tee you up for what's happening tomorrow. It's 2-4 and South Carolina, 1-3 and in the SEC. Missouri, 2-1 and in the league, 6-1 and overall. They'll seat 62,621 in Memorial Stadium. Aren't there 13 Memorial Stadiums in college football, by the way? I think it's somewhere up there. Uh, it's a 3.30 kick, and on TV, it's the SEC Network, Taylor Zarzer, Matt Stinchcom, and the wonderfully talented and beautiful Alyssa Lang, of course, from the University of South Carolina. Todd, Tommy, and Chet Tucker will have it on the Gamecock Sports Network. And if you're going to be out cruising, maybe you're on a trip for some reason, uh, Channel 158 or Channel 201, in Sirius XM, a win over Missouri this weekend. It's hard to believe this because for a while it just didn't seem like it'd be a problem, but it sure has become one, hadn't it? It would snap a four-game losing streak to the Tigers and finally bring that Mayor's Cup back home uh, to Columbia for the first time since 2018. It also would give the Gamecocks their first true road win of the 2023 season. They've dropped games at number one, Georgia, and at number one or number 21, Tennessee. Of course, they lost a neutral site game against 21st ranked North Carolina, as we all well know, back in the first game of the season. So this makes it four. All four times they've kicked off outside of Williams Price, everybody has been ranked in the top 25. It has been a tough, tough.
tough road to hoe. The injury report per Coach Beamer last night, Vershawn Lee is out. Uh, Stone Blanton is questionable, but they feel like he's going to be ready to go by the time they get there tomorrow. And Mario Anderson is very, very probable. He has had a good week of practice, and he is ready to roll. And boy, is that a good sign, because I've got a note for you coming up here in just a little while uh, on the running game that is um, – a little earth-shattering, I guess, if we want to if we want to call it that. This week in the SEC, Mississippi State is at Arkansas at noon. Tennessee is at Alabama at three thirty tomorrow. Ole Miss is at Auburn tomorrow night at seven o'clock. That's a six and a half point spread. We'll pick that game a little bit later on as well. And Army is at LSU. Did y'all see LSU honoring Army with the camouflage end zones? You better hope you win. Because you're sure not going to want a triple option team to walk into Death Valley and walk out with a victory after you've honored them. To each his own, I guess. Um, last night in college football, Rice over Steve Spurrier Jr. in the Tulsa offense, 42-10, to 10, just 10 points. JC pointed out yesterday it's been shaky for Jr. Uh, in the golden flashes thus far this it's year. not a play caller. And, no, he's not. And – the strangest game ever. I couldn't. I hadn't turned it on yet, but when I did, it was three to two. James Madison beats Marshall twenty to nine. Um, in a, I thought that'd be a better game than it was, uh, but it wasn't. Last night in the playoffs, Christian Walker and the Diamondbacks two to one over the Phillies, and the Astros beat the Rangers. They boy, they've got it going now. Uh, after being down 2-0 in that series, 10 more runs last night, 10 to 3. You got to feel like it's going it's turning back into Houston's favor. Um and uh, Arizona has uh, cut that series in half at 2 to 1. Both those teams will all four of those teams of course will play tonight beginning at 6 o'clock, 5 o'clock with the Astros and the Rangers. So, we're pulling for uh Texas and Arizona, right? For Gumby and for Christian yeah, man, I don't like the Astros or the Phillies, so of course I don't. I, I wouldn't even care who played for them, but of course we want the Gamecocks to go. Yeah. And look, the the Astros have been pretty good for so they're kind of like the New England Patriots in, fo- in football. You know, had they had the cheating scandal and all that, you know, included. Um, and I can't I can't believe we're sitting here talking about the Houston Astros being this good when I grew up. They absolutely sucked. They were horrible in, in, in nineteen eighty. Yeah. 86, they played the Mets in the NLCS. It was a huge deal. Nolan Ryan pitched for them then, but they were they were god awful, losing 100 games a year. And then they switched leagues. I didn't even know it. Yeah. <laughs> That's how much I was paying attention. <laughs> uh, I had no idea. Uh, and now they've they, you know they've been very good, consistently good. And the Rangers have not. So uh, I like the Rangers. I like their ballpark. Uh, remember the World Series was there during COVID. It's a nice ballpark. Although I don't understand why they built that one, because Bush, when he was the owner, built one in like 2000. But anyway, uh, you know, and so, uh, and, and then the Phillies, I'm just, you know, the Diamondbacks are kind of the underdog and, you know, Christian Walker and all that good stuff. And hey, guess what? Last, uh, second to last Major League Baseball game I attended, I got to see the Diamondbacks play the White Sox and they beat them, of course. Yeah. Uh, we yeah. took a, a party bus up there the Sunday before the football season started in 2022. So that was that was a lot of fun, even though they did lose. And uh, so that that's that's kind of my take on that. I want to see Gumby 
well, they've been calling him Monty. I think, uh, I think finally Billy Anderson or somebody at South Carolina called the Rangers and said, guys, his nickname is Gumby. Uh, so we want to see Gumby versus Walker in the World Series. That would be a great commercial uh, for South Carolina's baseball program, which, of course, we will continue to honor the great Tommy Moody uh, throughout uh, forever, actually, um, to be honest with you. As good as he was, it's been a tough week for um, for the Gamecocks, and our thoughts and prayers continue to be with Jamie and Casey and the entire Moody family. Last night also, Jacksonville 31-24 to over New Orleans. Foster Moreau uh, just couldn't quite – bring that touchdown pass in at the end of the game. Jacksonville and Trevor Lawrence improved to 5-2 and two on the year. We are served by Chicken Cock Whiskey, and we're on the road today. Palm Casual in Somerville, 350 Holiday Drive. The event of the season is coming up in less than 24 hours if you're going to be out this way, 7 a.m. on Sunday. But I don't need to tell you any more about it. We're going to step aside for a quick timeout when we return the owner of this fine establishment, Aaron Beasley. I saw somebody earlier in the chat box. That's right. Aaron Beasley of James Island, it's him. You'll recognize him. He'll tell you more and talk some Gamecocks with us here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. It is time. personal price plan helps you create an affordable price just for you contact local agent gary patterson for your personal price plan today down here in the south we don't always see eye to eye while our taste in college football teams or what sauce if any goes best on a rack of ribs or what to mix with our dixie vodka might be up for debate we can all agree there's nothing better than a southern tailgate. And like our favorite college teams, our ingredients come from small towns and big cities. They're grown in southern soil, are crafted by southern hands, and proudly represent the south in our backyard and beyond. So raise a glass of Dixie Southern Vodka to celebrate being made in America and raised in the south. Welcome home. That's what the Gamecocks say, and so does the Barn Doe Company where they can build your dream home starting as low as $160 per square foot. If you live in the Carolinas, Georgia, or Tennessee, their turnkey process takes just four to six months on average and can be custom designed by size and details. Make your dream a reality. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barn Doe Company. Gamecock. Owned and operated. Welcome back, everybody, inside the Gamecocks, the show. JB is live, remote from Palm Casual, South Carolina. I believe that's technically Somerville, right, JB? Am I correct? No, it's no. you got it right. It's Palm Casual, South Carolina. It? <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> that's exactly what it is. Joining me live is Aaron Beasley, the owner of Palm Casual, South Carolina, 350 Holiday Drive. Right off of I-26, you can see it from the interstate, and this place is going to be nuts this weekend. But first and foremost, my man, thanks for... 
inviting us. Thank you for having me, JC Phil. Appreciate it, man. Uh, really uh, excited about today. Thank you. All right. So let me let me give you some background information here on this on this young man. He is uh, born and bred James. He is James Island, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and but he's also uh, true and through and everything else. South Carolina. He is a Carolina Rise member, as a matter of fact, um, and a major contributor to the USC Athletics Department and um, a major friend to the USC Athletics Department and its athletes. So he's a guy. He's a dude. Um, and on, on Sunday, this dude here is going to be doing something that makes a lot of people happy. It's nuts out there. Yeah, it's, uh, it's wild. It's one of those things I told JB that uh, many times things are oversold. I assure whomever arrives here Sunday, I cannot emphasize how crazy and wild and the absolute deals that will be here. Um, there will be massive discounts on tremendous furniture, uh, and I don't think anyone would be disappointed. Um, and there is so much product here. I was laughing yesterday. I said, I don't know if there's enough people in Charleston to take all the furniture we have here because I have a ton. And you have everything like, so we, Carrie and I are big, we're big on the, our outdoor space. Yeah. You know, we've got the screened area. We've got, well, JC's been over there. JC, JC's probably nodding his head. Uh, we've got this huge concrete area. We've got the fire pit, you know, just all the stuff. Right. And, and I know you are, of course, it's your, it's your home. <laughs> I this dabble is in what it. you do. Right. I dabble in it. But like, so when I walk in here, I realize quickly, I, I, I need more stuff and good stuff and you only have good stuff. So like with this sale that why are you do why do you do this every year? Yeah, that's a good question. So um we have 21 different factory showrooms and stores throughout uh Florida, Georgia and South Carolina. Mm -hmm. uh, about once a year we will clear out kind of extra inventory, discontinued items. Um we just opened up a new showroom in Somerville and we had a temporary one. So all of the showroom items there which are great. I mean they're perfect. We're getting rid of them because we built a new showroom. So the display, so it gives everybody an opportunity to freshen up in the off season. So then in turn, the consumers, the people of, of Somerville or wherever around here can come in and buy. We have tremendous advantages in patio furniture and, and we have extremely low prices anyway. Um, but now we cut those even lower and, and it's, an, it's an opportunity to, hey, let's get rid of this. Let's kind of start fresh and get prepared for our next season. So that's kind of the why behind it. And um, it's good for us and it's good for the community. It really is. Yeah. And you've also got some stuff in here that's garnet and black colored too. Yeah, so I'm going to get my to. hands on that. <laughs> um, it's, you know, th this, this is the stuff you can leave outside and, and you don't have any problems with it. Um, and, and it's just tremendous. I mean, I, 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 I'm still, I still can't believe I'm sitting in here. Michael's been sitting on every couch in this. Yeah, falling uh, asleep. Warehouse kicking sleep on a rock. He's, he's kicked up over there just chilling. <laughs> you know, waiting on his time. Like he's like, he's talent or something uh, that's coming on later. Um, yeah. And, and so when you sent me the information, I think it was last week when we first started talking about doing this mm -hmm. and I had to go back and read it again because I saw 60 to 80% off. Yeah. That's our factory, our factory price, which keep in mind, we supply over 500 furniture stores across the country. People can walk in here today and buy at what furniture stores pay. Now they're getting a discount on top of that. Um, you know, being the largest outdoor cushion manufacturer in the country and having the volume that we do, it allows us to control our cost and give tremendous value to customers. On top of that, we cut it down. And I mean, one thing worth kind of saying is we fix all of our products for free forever. We've done that for 45 years as a company. Therefore, it has to be a good product. So it will hold up. It will do wonderful. And um, if not, you bring it back, we smile and fix it. And I'm sure there's people who, who 
are listening right now who've had something, you know, I always say I don't make perfect furniture, but I can fix anything. I can land on the moon. I can fix a piece of product that we built in the first place. I think one of the neatest things about this too, dude, is the story of how this company was created in the 70s. And it's actually got a a Gamecock tie to it. Yeah, big one. So um, my college roommate, uh, one of them, Besides Mike Flint was, uh, was Ike Crowfoot. We and, still uh, can't get rid of him, dude. <laughs> and uh, so I lived with Ike, and, and after I graduated, his dad offered me a job. I always laugh. It's the only person ever offered me a job. So mm-hmm. I, I took it. And uh, basically, the, the day I started, the economy fell apart. And um, so I've been thankful. This is my 18th year with Palm Casual. I, I absolutely love it. Um, he gave me tremendous opportunity. And the story of Palm Casual is Mr. Crowfoot. Uh, Ike's father back in the 70s was a young man, wanted to go into business, and they started building PVC pipe furniture. Mm-hmm. And uh, he would build the frames. Ike's grandmother took a sewing class, started sewing the cushions. His granddad started stuffing the cushions. And the three of them opened us up in like 78, 79. And by the mid 80s, we became the largest pipe furniture manufacturer in the country, mid 90s, largest outdoor cushion manufacturer in the country. And we started supplying furniture stores all over America. Um, and then obviously through our 21 factory showroom sell to the consumer as well. So it's, it's a really unique thing and um, absolute great Gamecock tie. Cause I mean, Ike, he, uh, a long snapper and a holder never had a mistake. He never messed up. Oh, well, that's true. Yeah. yeah that's, he, that's, he was perfect. He's in the He'd record. Be mad if I didn't tell him that, if I didn't say that, he's going to hold it against me. He's in the record book for being <laughs> the cleanest long snapper of all time. Hey, another, another side story about Ike. He went 14 for 14 on every official visitor to ever come stay with us signed with Carolina. Really? He never missed absolute fact. Yeah. Um, all of them, any of the guys from that time, including, I can tell you, I was on the recruiting visit with Steven Garcia. I, I, all about I, well, I remember the recruiting <laughs> visit with Steven <laughs> yeah. Garcia. Cause I remember where everybody ended up that night yeah. down at jungles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was standing on top of the bar, but <laughs> I will say fun. this. Um, he was great on the recruiting. He really was. Yeah. He was great. I got. Yeah, he's a he's a legend recruiting wise. He is. His brother his brother played at Florida, didn't he? His brother didn't he I, yeah. played at so, Florida. Yeah, he's one of five. They're from two, Orlando. They're from Orlando. That's now. right. Two brothers played at Florida. Two played at Auburn. And um, another our other roommate Thomas Hooper had two brothers that played at, at Auburn. At the same time, Ike had two brothers that played at Auburn, and then his two younger ones played at Florida uh, later with um, Urban. So. Yeah, we were, they were all over the SEC. Yeah, I, yeah. Golly, I the Crowfoot family, something else. Yeah, that's it's a, a heck of a name family. for a, a specialist too. Crowfoot, I yeah. like that. The tribe, the it's tribe. I know you feel like he should have been a kicker. Yeah, yeah. He just wasn't. Sorry, Ike, you just weren't quite good enough to be a, to yeah, be a kicker. That's right. And he, and he married Fallon, so that all worked out. Everything yeah, worked out Fallon's for Ike great. after coming yeah. to coming to South Carolina. Um, so who were obviously. Garcia was one. Do you remember the other 13? Oh, yeah. Well, I can name some. Um, Kate Thompson. I can tell you, Kate Thompson was, and JC, you might remember this. He was committed to North Carolina, I believe, with, was it Bunting or Fedora at the time? Was it Bunting at the had time? To be, had to be Bunting. John Bunting? I, he was committed mm. to North Carolina. Yeah, because Bunting was from get Tennessee. Fired. He was from yeah. Tennessee. He, he yeah. came over, and um, we went out that night. And we got back at like, you know, whatever, midnight, not super late. And uh, we had a good time. And he uh, he called the head coach at UNC and decommitted on the spot and started yelling, I'm coming to Carolina. <laughs> so that was great. And uh, he committed um, Hutch Eckerson. Um, I mean, saw Hutch last week at the did you like yeah. Hutch? Hutch? Yeah, was good a, guy. He's living in Charlotte. Hutch, I tell you, he was leaning when he showed up. They were like, hey, he's leaning towards Virginia Tech. And, and uh, 
they spent a weekend with him. I mean, literally every any of those guys. Um, DeMarco, when he was on yeah. recruiting visit, I think Brindice was with him. Yeah. Um, suck up. I mean, all those guys when they were uh, Spencer. Although I don't know Spencer Lang, I don't know if he. Yeah, I don't know if he was a preferred walk. You do mean Lanning Spencer, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but all those guys rolled through with us, and um, I mean any of them. You all those kind of specialist quarterbacks. They all we did it. Scotty, you know, I was there. Scotty's first night, Columbus. Scotty Spurrier. That was a great night. Yeah, I'm going to imagine. K, yeah. K Thompson. K Thompson transferred out, right? And through years he, years later, threw for thirty five hundred yeah. yards in a season for offensive coordinator Marcus Satterfield at Tennessee wow. Tech. So there you go. Is that true? Yes. Wow. He played yeah. for well, he had Satterfield. A, he could throw it. I remember when he signed, he was I was yeah, excited he, about he, him. He's just one thought. of those guys that need, he's like Tommy Beecher, just needed to go down a level. Of course, Beecher Tommy never Tommy yeah. never did much when he went down. I think Tommy kind of I didn't see state game. He got hit so hard over and over <laughs> that game sitting for me, but uh yeah, Cade went on to have a pretty good career because Beecher and Cade were the Spurrier's first two quarterbacks. JC. Signed. And then in 06, he signed Smelly and then Garcia. That was another one. Yeah. So does that make Cade Thompson um, through transitive property greater than Spencer uh, Rattler due to more yards thrown? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, I think that was before Sat went to the NFL and, and decided he, he came back and decided he's Andy Reid and he was going to run yeah. the offense just like Andy Reid. With Andy Reid's playbook about that thick. I've never – I always compare Satterfield, not to get off of the subject, but he's like the guy that does, like, community theater, but he's not very good. But then he goes to L.A. and tries to make it big, and he's an extra in one movie one time, like maybe Martin Scorsese's directing it, and he comes back, and all of a sudden he's telling everybody to do the method. He's telling everybody how they do it in L.A. He's telling everybody how they do it in Hollywood, and the production's a complete cluster because that's not how you do community theater, Right. That's how I compare Marcus Satterfield. Dowell Loggins, on the other hand, is kind of like the guy that retired from acting and actually accomplished something and wants to come back to a university and teach and knows he's dealing with college kids. So I can compare that to, like, the theater world. I don't know why. I can't believe we just got a transitive property <laughs> reference on Inside the Gamecocks to show. Talk about a term that nobody around here knows anything about. SAT. Only one I know. Yeah, yeah. Six hundred on the SAT. That's all I got. I was about to say I was an I was an abacadabra guy in the SAT. Man, I just A B A C A D. Yeah, just keep on going. Um, uh, we uh, Aaron is going to be our uh, our uh, guest picker, of course, a little bit later on as well. Believe it or not, he's pretty good at this. Um, he's uh, picked 100 games this year, and he's only missed seven. He's 93 and seven. Vegas on is the kicking season. me out. <laughs> See, it's crazy. 93 and seven. So I'm, I'll, uh, I'll pick last. So everything he picks, I'll just go with whatever he's got. Uh, but I got a feeling I know which way you're going in the Clemson Miami game, and um, I, hopefully we all go that way. I don't know, but it's uh, you talk about. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, you just we were talking about this yesterday. I, I think JC JC said it perfectly um, when we were doing that. Was part of Fab Five, right? Wasn't Clemson and Miami part of the Fab Five? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So pick, yeah, mm-hmm. we we all took Clemson, didn't we? In my yeah. and uh, and Mike Morgan. Yeah, it, we all did. It just feel doesn't it feel like classic Miami? Where you know, and this is one of the things I can't stand about national media. The U's back. Uh, I'm like, okay, well, they're they're three games into the year. 
They're four games into the year. Okay, we'll see if they're back if at the end of the year they've at least won 10, 11, whatever it is, and then they pull that debacle down there against Georgia Tech, and then they go to North Carolina last weekend and get them. It just feels like classic, the U is back, drop-off part of the season. You know what I mean? Clemson's also so. Lazarus. So, you know, I always joke, whenever they're on the mat, they rise, you know, like like Lazarus. Yeah. So, <laughs> you, you got that going, too. We got we have to watch this game at 8 o'clock on Saturday night, unfortunately. Clemson people buy furniture as well, though. So you they know, do. Like, I, you know, whatever, whatever you want. Yeah, like, yeah. like Michael Jordan with shoes. You know, support <laughs> it all. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Clemson. All right, so Clemson's uh, won six out of eight. They haven't lost to Miami at all since uh, yeah. oh, uh, 2010, which is – Dabo's, yeah. I think, only losing season, um, and that was close. Since then, it's been 58-0, 38-3, 42-17, uh, including Miami's only ACC championship game appearance in uh, 2017 with, with that Kelly Bryant team, no doubt. Uh, they've, owned, they've owned them, and, and Clemson – Miami is a, a special place for Clemson. I mean, they won their first national title there. I mean, the Orange Bulls against West Virginia and then last year, Tennessee notwithstanding, they usually kind of get up to go down there. I, I mean, you know, I remember Tommy Bowden won there in 04 against the Miami team that had no business losing to Clemson. And he mentioned, you know, that's a special place for Clemson, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. So we'll see Did what they, happens, you know. JC, correct me if I'm wrong. That's they also the the – Big record, like the really one that is probably they're most proud of, happened in Miami. The Orange Bowl against West Virginia, right? Yeah, not the same. Yeah. They, they, <laughs> that was the same. That's the same there. Right? Somebody put yeah. a billboard up about that yeah. not long yeah, after that, the game. Yeah, 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 that that one, and then the Tennessee game last year did not go well for the Tigers. But uh, you know, like they won, they beat Ohio State a few years back in 2013 down there and stuff. They, yeah. Uh, but besides those two games, they they tend to play well, especially against the U. Hey, uh, but I, I don't at least know. Going to the Orange Bowl, yeah, no kidding. I mean, I should do that. We're, we're, we're gonna we're gonna find out like who's gonna get up off the mat, right? Is Clemson because I don't I don't know that Clemson beating Wake Forest seventeen to twelve is getting up off the mat. I think that's a uh, well, glad you won kind of deal. Uh, and Miami, since they played A and M, and everybody said they were back, like JB said, you know, now all of a sudden you lose an inexcus- inexcusable game to Georgia Tech at home. And then my and North Carolina took care of you pretty good. So one of these two teams is going to get up off the map Saturday. Yeah. I think it will be Clemson, but could it be Miami? Absolutely. But I think after this game, we're going to know, okay, Clemson is not as bad as we thought, or Clemson's better. Or, or then uh, if Miami wins, or, or and if Miami loses, we know Miami's a fraud, right? But if Miami wins, we know Clemson's probably not that good this year, just bottom line. And then Miami's pretty legit and a contender. Well, the Tigers are only three point favorites in the game. I I don't I don't I if they if they win if they beat Miami, I don't think that tells me that Clemson isn't as bad as we thought. I I just think they beat Miami. I mean I I, I don't yeah. if if you're if you are you know like when South Carolina beat Mississippi State, kind of a similar situation. They're just, you know, I mean, Miami's record might be better, but if Mississippi State and Miami played today, I don't know who would win that game. You think Miami's really better than the Bulldogs? I I, I don't. Um, so I, I just don't think that it proves much for the Tigers. They still have to go to NC State. They host Notre Dame. Uh, they got, they host North Carolina, and then they come to Columbia, of course. That's where their season's going to be determined. Yeah. Did they have an average year? Did they have a bad year? Did they have a, a good year? They also have a defense. 
Defense travels. Defense. So, Clemson, yeah, Clemson's yeah. defense is the difference. I mean, that A&M, A&M's defense should be good. It's okay. Uh, Clemson's defense actually is good. So Yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, uh, we're, we're certainly going to get more from Aaron here in just a little while. Of course, he's going to take a tour, a uh, brief yeah. tour around here uh, with the with the uh, the camera in, in just a little bit. Um, you'll enjoy that, and then he'll be our guest picker. But before we let you get out of here, defense uh, travels for uh, Clemson. It, it has not traveled for South Carolina. <laughs> Hell, it hadn't been home either. Um, but they're hoping that they can bring it on the road at least this weekend. Uh, a couple of uh, tee up a couple of quick thoughts. Uh, on this ball game, of course, you you let me say this by saying that um, this isn't a guy who we just have on here as we're trying to sell his product. He knows, he knows uh, what he's what he's doing and talking about. Um, but uh, this I know is how to recruit. I know how to do. recruit. I don't well, know about other stuff. You need to come work for Carolina Rise. <laughs> yeah. Um, but um, this is a big. This is really a big moment. Uh, if you feel like that this year can can still be something that you want it to be. Man, tomorrow seems huge. Yeah, and Beamer always, I mean, in his first two years here, it always felt like you know, when your back's against the wall, he shows up. Yeah. And uh, you got to hope so, because if not, there is a long barrel we're looking down that um, it could be a dark season, which then it goes back. To feel, this season feels very much like the 90s. It's, well, we'll find out in November, you know, good season, bad season. You, know, you beat Clemson, good season. Losing, bad season. That's it just boils point. to that. So, you know, regardless. So, it. Definitely has that feel between that and the defense. It feels like 95 all over. 94. I'll pick 94 or 92. 95. Woo! 95 94, is bad. Woo. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's I'll, a good I'll, thought about it that way. Go ahead. No, nah, uh, 90, uh, 95 was uh, just terrible. It was it was the, the first side that maybe Wally Burnham's not all that good, right? Because uh, they uh, – yeah. that team could score with just about anybody, but just got uh, – Annihilated on defense most games. Yeah, uh, I'll never forget Carolina won in. They did go to Mississippi State though and win sixty five thirty nine. They Ooh. that's still the highest scoring game, even higher than that Tennessee game uh, last year in terms of how many points the Gamecocks have put up in an SEC football game to this day. But yeah, Tannehill threw for like a billion yards that year or something, and had a, yeah. had a great year statistically on offense, but the defense just could not stop anyone. Yeah. It's eleven. Same, same feeling. Yeah. Same feeling. Well, let's hope that feeling starts changing. Yeah, tomorrow. that's right. Maybe you'll bring well, us some good and, luck. And, and yeah. that was also that was also that was like a disappointing year. Everybody was fired up after '94, even though Brad did lose some games he shouldn't have that year. Uh, they, because they were seven to five, won the first bowl game ever. Tanny Hill's back. They got all the skill talent, and the defense just completely tanks. They didn't even have all that many injuries. I mean, you know. A lot of times bad years around here do coincide with a lot of injuries. That team didn't even have a lot of injuries. It just, yeah. I don't know. We should have known then, but we stuck around for three more years of Brad Bull. <laughs> to those of you who are anxious to hear recruiting news, I promise you we'll get there. we got three hours. Uh, I promise you we'll get there. All right, uh, we are at Palm Casual in Somerville, South Carolina, 350 Holiday Drive, really, it's as close to Columbia as it is to downtown Charleston anymore when you include traffic. So if you're going to be out and about this weekend, then you might want to spend at least some of your day over here uh, beginning at 7 a.m. on Sunday uh, for the annual warehouse clearance event, 60 to – I still can't believe that – 60 to 80% off factory pricing, Sombrella, deluxe cushions, wicker seating, teak, cast aluminum, polymer furniture. You're going to get a look at all this stuff here in just a little bit. Um, when 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 Aaron gets up and kind of gets moving around, uh, so give us some time to get that to you. 
you can certainly swing by today. Michael Flint's here if you'd like an autograph. He's actually, believe it or not, five years of college football. He never gave one autograph, <laughs> which is amazing. So somebody drop in and ask Michael to sign your, you know, back or something. Uh, I think Charlotte got an autograph from what felt bad. She felt did. Bad. <laughs> that would be Michael's sister. Uh, got him to, to yeah. <laughs> Poor, bad. Poor Mike. No. Um, so if you'd like to pop in, we'd love you to pop in. Uh, most importantly, though, Sunday is when uh, you're going to want to be a part of this. But um, we'll step aside. It's 1145, final timeout, hour one. We're powered by our friends in Mount Pleasant, Electric Bikes of Charleston. Michelle, hi, Michelle. I'm sure you're watching, and we've uh, made sure to keep it clean in here today uh, since there's so many great stores all over the place airing this show inside of there, which we're very thankful of. But um, plenty to get to, including Michael Flint picks and some pretty interesting news notes and nuggets pertaining to Missouri and South Carolina this weekend. Hang tight inside the Gamecocks. We'll be right back. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama. Columbia and go Charleston Fitness Equipment is keeping South Carolina in shape. Clients have come from all over the Palmetto State to find that one piece of equipment that they enjoy that keeps them looking and feeling good. Whether it's a home rower, treadmill, elliptical, free weights, a home gym, or something else, Charleston Fitness Equipment keeps the mirror smiling back at you. Get in shape like the Gamecocks do. Visit charlestonfitnessequipment.com. Gamecock owned and operated and proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Cool Joe here. And when I'm not eating average jambalaya or celebrating endless summer in Destin, I like to eat pimento cheese straight off the bucket. Mmm. And the only pimento cheese I like to eat is from Nana's Porch. It's award-winning. It'll melt in your mouth. It's good on a cracker. It's good in a bowl. It's good on a piece of bread. Also, don't forget Nana's Porch has a hell of a food truck. It's award-winning as well. And they're here for all of your catering needs. So get online. Nanasports.com. It's mm-mm good. Coach O signing off. In the summer, go Tiger. For chicken cock, we get a medium to medium plus toast. The char level. We use a number three level char. If you char it too deep, you start burning away some of those flavor components that you just created. If you just char a barrel and you don't toast it, you're going to create some of those flavors just on a thin layer, just inside the char, but not the actual depth and full extent of flavors uh, that you're going to get if you toast it properly. All those elements, that's exactly what they do. They boil down to great flavor. If you're in the real estate market in the low country or even in the Midlands, please contact me, JB, with Coast to Coast Realty SC. Go Gamecocks. Ladies and gentlemen, here it is. This song by heart, don't you? Yep. Strumming my six string. 
on my front porch swing. Surprised everybody here. Pull that mic Anybody recognize him? What's up, ladies? <laughs> Jimmy Buffett is perfect for a Friday morning. Welcome back inside the Gamecocks, the show served by the finest bourbon you can find, Chicken Cock, which I guess we'll have a taste of this before we leave here today. Michael Flint was sitting close by, and so I figured, well, you know, we got 10 minutes left in hour one. Why not just bring somebody in that knows more than all of us? So yeah. we uh, we couldn't we couldn't find anybody else but Michael. Yeah, I heard there was a big sale out here at Palm Casual, so coming to get my hands on a few things. <laughs> That's not true. He uh, he huh? <laughs> he strategically uh, parked his truck by the uh, roll up. So when uh, we distract everybody in just a little while, he's going to haul ass with one of these uh, one of these. Couch, one of these corner couches back Jacket, there. Like, yeah, carried on his back. Oh yeah. For me, yeah. the friends on the back. Michael, we're the friends that. Are, yeah. I we're would the love friends to see that, that are. Uh, we're we're too cheap to buy it uh, the rest of the year, so we wait until until he puts it on sale, then we show up. Oh, oh hey man, up. I love this place. Man, that's, <laughs> man, that's a great just, here. When was that? I, I, can, I, can just, <laughs> I can I can come I can come hang here every day. All right, so seventy six came out. Is this the one near the new D- Nissan dealership? It, it, so, yeah, right off well, of uh, twenty six. In, okay, in, in Somerville. Yeah, it looks like he's yeah. going to go there. By the way, Nat says hi. She's in the chat box, Michael. Hey Nat. Hey. All the right. Fian- the right. fiance was like, uh, which we told. She I texted told her me just a minute ago. My favorite. Yeah, we have. Invited, <laughs> yeah, yeah by invite. Grab the invite, huh? but um, Matt, does Matt not know we're on the air from eleven to two? Matt, I can't respond right now. Yeah, that's probably why she don't want to. Anyway, aren't you like sitting right next to her? <laughs> no, she's in the office today. Actually, she's uh, oh, okay. that, that's that's in a place called Downers Grove, Illinois, which is um, about uh, thirty minutes from here. Carolina had a big baseball recruit from Downers Grove, but he signed with the White Sox once they drafted him. It's the Jor that big uh, that big dude. George Wolovitz or whatever the hell his name was yeah. this past year. Wilco. Yeah, he was uh, yeah. Downers Grove. So pretty good high school baseball in that area, by the way. By the way, look, I want, I want to mention this. Like, Let's say you're going to a Gamecock watch party tomorrow, right? But you kind of are around some new people, and you got the old sweatshirts and the old T-shirts. The, but you want to make an impression, right? Maybe this is a new woman you're dating. It's a new man in your life if you're a female, but you want to make an impression and you, and you don't necessarily want to go to Kohl's or JC Penney's like I do when I want to make an impression. Oh, I found a new place to make an impression when it comes to the Gamecocks, baby. And that's Britain's on Divine yeah, Street true. in Columbia, South Carolina. We are dressed by Britain's. Phil's got his Britain's on. Jamie's got his on under his shirt. I've got mine on the tailgater even though it's really cold outside and I'll probably put a sweatshirt over it later when I head to the bar. That's why but, I, uh, I, I, I wanted to just tell everybody, please go by. See, see Perry. If you tell him we sent you, he's probably going to get really happy and, and be, <laughs> you know, to give you extra special service. Uh, it's a special place right there on divine street. They don't do online ordering. You got to go in if you call him. Uh, and he's got some really cool new stuff, including the new, uh, not bigspur.com, but the old mascot, big spur looking rooster uh, polos and uh, probably about the nicest pair of pants I own. I got from Britain. So I uh, just wanted to say, go to Britain's of Columbia right there on divine street and see Perry. If you want to 
make an impression at your watch party. I know Mike wants to make an impression at all his watch parties. You so. dang right. I'll I'll add to that too. If you wear that shirt in here on Sunday, you'll get sixty to eighty percent off of something at uh, Palm Casual. <laughs> <laughs> it'll, get, it'll get you a deal. Uh, That's right. So there you go. Yeah, thanks. We really do appreciate Perry, man. That Britain's is just fantastic. Um, we're going to talk plenty of South Carolina, obviously, with Michael, as we always do on Friday, except for last Friday. We were playing golf uh, in the Letterman's uh, tournament. I want to ask you real quick, Mike. We only got about five minutes left in this in this segment before we got to step aside here. But um, of the slate this weekend, outside of this one, Mississippi State at Arkansas, it's winless game, win, winless teams there. Ole Miss at Auburn, Tennessee last year. Beats Alabama for the first time in a long time. Um, yesterday, uh, JC, did all of y'all pick Tennessee to cover the six and a half? Yeah. All three of you, right? Yeah. You was two it and six Michael and a half? And I thought it was seven. Right? Or no, no, eight and a half. Eight and a half, right? Eight and a half, yeah, yeah. It was, it was, uh, you you all picked Tennessee to cover? It was more than a touchdown, yeah. Not me. Not me. Uh, uh, Alabama or uh, Tennessee on the road has been brutal in their last three road games. And although they they spanked the Gamecocks, Joe Milton on the road in Alabama, that defense? No, sir. Back me up here. Am I I right? Am I going to make some money or what? Yeah, it's a tough call. It's a tough call. I think you see that it's not the typical Alabama team that you've seen with, you know, especially at the quarterback position. You know, he's, you know, he's getting better. I think Milrow is a guy that's getting better. He's getting better. What, what is it? You were a quarterback. What are you seeing him? I think it's comfort. Hmm. Uh, the, the the comfort level to, of, you know, game speed, getting dropping back in the pocket and throwing the football. He's used to being a guy that can run, um, using his legs more so than his arm. But now you're seeing him become a guy that's, you know, utilizing his arm talent along with the legs. So I think the comfort level of dropping back and throwing the football and not improvising as much, but dropping back and throwing the football with timing – something that he's gotten used to over the course of of the season and progressively gotten better at. So that makes this game tough. Um, So I think Tennessee's a good team. Tennessee's got a good defense that can be very disruptive. And guys that don't have a lot of experience, when defenses start to put pressure on them and you start to get guys in the backfield and the pocket collapses, you tend to revert back to some old tendencies. You see that with a lot of of big games like this. So this is is one that's definitely interesting that I think could go either way. you know, with Alabama, like you said, not having trouble covering or with Tennessee being able to cover the spread and keeping it a close game. Um, if it's a close game deep in the fourth quarter, I think Tennessee is going to have a, a, a good shot to win it. But I think it really comes down to the quarterback play on both sides yeah. and how they react to the, you know, the the pressure they get. And I think if Tennessee is able to disrupt Milrow a little bit, collapse the pocket, make him revert back to what, you know, in all essence, lost his, lost the job uh, for, for a game. Revert back to some of that. I think Tennessee's got a great shot at winning it, but I think if Milrow continues to progress like he has, it could be you know a completely different type of game. I think. Yeah, I, I think. I watched the, the name of the game. Well, I watched the last part of that Arkansas game, guys. Okay, I have never seen an Alabama offensive line get worse as the game goes on like that. I, yeah, and I by agree. The fourth quarter, they were terrible. So if I'm a Bama yeah. fan, and that's Wolford's that, group. That, Tennessee defensive front, yeah, I don't know. Sarah Wolford. Yeah. Uh, Bama's people that I talk to say they're too big and slow, and that that's very unWolford. He's usually he usually just gets a bunch of guards and lines them up, you know. Uh, yeah. But uh, th- because they can move their feet, you know. Uh, but uh, 
So I don't know what the deal is, but I, I was shocked what Arkansas's front did to them late late in the game when they were coming back. Number one and number two, Tennessee, I think, still leads the country in sacks. If not, they're way up there. Uh, they're that's what they do. They sack yep. the quarterback, and so Milrow. Now that also gives you um, opportunity down the field if you're Milrow. If you break contain, you know all those guys are rushing upfield. You can rush right by them and get big plays with your legs. So we'll see sort of what happens, but. Um, I just, uh, man, man, oh, man, man, oh, man. I, I I would be worried about that matchup if I were an Alabama fan up front against Tennessee's defensive line. It's crazy to think that both of those teams would love to have South Carolina's quarterback, isn't it? Hey, of course, you know, with, with offensive line issues like Bama, you need somebody that's a little bit probably more mobile than Spencer. But still, I mean, if those two were in the same quarterback room, Spencer Rattler's your starting quarterback at Alabama today. Yeah, I mean, I think Spencer's shown some mobility and they've, you know, you know, urged him to when the pocket breaks down and collapses. Yeah, you know, take off and go. You know, go go ahead and get positive yardage, six, seven, eight yards. You know, especially on a, on a first and second down type you know situation. Michael Flint is not going anywhere. He's going to go take a shot of this chicken cock right here. <laughs> hey, did Cisco bring the ham biscuits yet? Looking for him. What the hell is he yet? Can't trust Urban Mike Cisco. He's the ham man. Three hour trip. Big difference. Bourbon and honey bacon. Right. Which used to be heaven. It's still heaven. Michael will be back uh, coming up in the next hour to give us his thoughts on the game specifically. We get a lot into that run game, by the way. I got an incredible stat for you. Aaron Beasley will uh, take us around the store. We've got our keys to the game, our matchups. We'll continue to take questions out of the chat box as well. Love seeing them, though. I like being on remote. Inside the Gamecocks, the show is built by the Barndo Co. If you're building a Barn Dominium, that's where you want to come. Make that outdoor look sweet. Sure. Hang tight. We'll be right back. Hey, folks, it's JB. And as we all know, it's football season. My favorite place to shop for myself and the family is Gamecock Traditions in Lexington. They have the widest selection of Gamecocks attire, plus all the cool accessories for tailgating, cooking, kids, shoes, hats, and so much more. Most importantly for me, you can order online at GamecockTraditions.com and it's shipped timely to your door. I've been shopping here for years, and I hope you will too. Order online right now on the Chief Sports app. Go Gamecocks! Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you're on Medicare currently or approaching eligibility, it's time to enroll in a Medicare plan that meets your needs. Palmetto Medicare is here to help you through the process. Palmetto Medicare's owner, Brian Spencer, and his team of experts are here to assist you. Learn about the benefits and enroll in the plan that will cover as many of your medical costs as possible. Some of the advantages of Medicare health plans may include variety of plan choices, increased benefits, lower premiums, and more. Give Palmetto Medicare a call to discuss your insurance and help get the exact coverage for your needs today. Nana's Porch, nanasporch.com. At Nana's Porch, they cater weddings, parties, and all kinds of special events. Their meals are served buffet style in seconds. They're encouraged. 
Plus, they can bring their mobile food unit to bring on-site and serve your guests as a unique alternative for your catering needs. Inquire about rentals as well. Nanasporch.com. Find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 336-259-7550. South Carolinians, this message is for you, as well as for people in Georgia, Florida, and Tennessee. If you think you may need work done to your roof or a new roof altogether, there's one simple name to remember, Elite Roofing and Restoration. South Carolina native Jeremy Johnson has been helping people in the South make sure they have the very best people checking on and building new roofs for over 25 years. Fully licensed, bonded, and insured. They provide the best service possible. Call or email today, 678-781-1998. That's 678-781-1998. Or you can go to EliteRoofing.com. GA.com. Schedule a no-hassle free inspection today. Wind damage, hail damage, or just wear and tear. Don't settle for second best. Let Jeremy Johnson and Elite Roofing and Restoration take care of it all for you today. It's 12.05. Welcome back inside the Gamecocks, this show on the road at Palm Casual in Somerville. Uh, make sure you uh, check in on the Nanosports chat box. No text line today. No text line today, but anything you want to pass along, we'll try to get it into the uh, program. Certainly appreciate all of y'all being here on a Friday. Should be a wonderful weekend of college football with some beautiful weather. JC, JB, and Phil, one hour down, two hours to go. We'll make our picks a little bit later on as well. Uh, coming up in the next segment, you're going to get a really neat look at this place, and then uh, Michael Flint will follow with all of his stuff as well. Guys, getting into the ball game this weekend for South Carolina and Missouri, uh, it's – I was going through all this, you know, as we do, going through stats and notes and this, that, and the other – and, um, you know, can't say, I guess, that it's really affected the record because of other issues. Clearly, most notably, defensively, things have kind of fallen apart um, for the Gamecocks. But as far as the running game goes, I don't know. If you haven't added it up, this this is where this will kind of make you, you know, whoa, I didn't realize that. The first three games of the year, Carolina rushed the football 86 times for 159 total yards. It's 1.8 yards per carry. The first three games of the year. The last three games, they've carried it 107 times for 428 yards at four yards per carry. And Michael, just before he got off there at the end of that segment, you know, mentioned Spencer Rattler. Clearly, that number is the large majority of that number is Mario Anderson. The emergence of him has just been awesome. Uh, speaking of Somerville, South Carolina, where we are right now, that's where Mario's from. So hats off to the Anderson family. But um, 
but also because Spencer Rattler, guys, and JC, you talked about this a month ago about uh, you know him probably needing to do a little bit more with his legs. He's not the fastest quarterback out there, but being able to identify when it's time to get up and get out and get gone. And um, he's really done a nice job of that the last couple of weeks. And guess what? He's going to probably need to do that tomorrow too. All right. I mean, you know, look, he's been the second, he's the second leading rusher on the team. I think he trails Anderson by a yard. Uh, and that is if you, if you did the NFL stats and took away the sack uh, yardage loss, but that's what they do in college. And I think he's only like a yard behind to carry on too. Um, mm-hmm. And he's really, it's really become part of this offense where he'll take off running and, and make a big play in a first down. I think he's more comfortable running now. Yeah. Because he, he's kind of learned how to – because before he would run and uh, and slide, and he did a good job of protecting his body, which he's got to do, and slide before he takes it. But now you notice uh, he's kind of learned that he can put a little shimmy on him, right? A little shimmy, mm-hmm. shoot. Put a little shimmy on him uh, and make a guy miss. And, and, and whereas the, those those runs were going for seven, they go for 15 now because he gets an extra eight yards before he, he darts out of bounds. He's, extre- he's exceptionally quick. He's a yeah. quick kid. Um, he's quicker than people think, um, which is probably why he's such a good quarterback. Quarterbacks that are slower than molasses and can't, you know, move their bodies or, or arm or whatever quickly are not that good. <laughs> you know, so uh, he, he does a little shimmy, you know. I mean, the way he runs scares you a little bit because you're worried if he doesn't pick up a guy, somebody's going to just, because he's kind of upright, somebody's going to tattoo him and he's going to drop the ball or tattoo him and hurt him. But um, he's done a great job of not only you know, getting those extra yards that he wasn't getting, but also uh, protected himself this year. And I think that'll be part of an offense going forward. Like, look, man, this running game was dead on arrival. You've got a patchwork offensive line. By the way, uh, we didn't mention just how terrible it is for Sean Lee's hurt now. I mean, I mean, I, I, that that's something so bad we didn't even talk about it. That's that bad. Uh, in yeah, terms of I the think, big picture. Yeah, and it could actually have, have the greatest effect on this game outside of anybody. It could. Ja'Kai, Tyshawn, Sydney, one of those guys. I don't know. I don't know who one of those guys. Sydney. I mean, look, Sydney maybe. Sydney played okay when he got in there the other night. I mean, he wasn't – He it was one of his best games, so maybe the lights come hey, on. Who knows? You know – Shane, if nobody heard that, was very transparent last night about that injury. He said that it was, and I could hear him. I could, we've all, you know, you, we would all have that, you've got to be kidding me, uh, type reaction to the news that they thought they were going to get. But it looks like definitely this week, more than likely next week. But after that, they feel like he will be ready to, to go in November at home. He's been their best offensive lineman all year. If you if yeah. had one guy that's played this best and they finally – you know, they move him out there during the open date because he's a good team player and he plays really well. And you're like, all right, there's your answer. Let's roll. Yeah. You know, but hey, back to the run guys. You got a patchwork offensive line. You're starting freshman up front. You get up nine sacks the first game of the season. You don't have an ideal situation at running back, um, at least from a depth standpoint. And you, at least you had trouble identifying your guy. Maybe your guy wasn't ready first couple of games. Well, now, okay, so how are you going to run the ball? Because you definitely need to do that. Well, I mean, in the, the running game, I had no idea how this was going to get fixed. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, you got to keep trying people till they do. Well, now you got you got a running back in Mario Anderson. I think they're on to something there with him. 
I think this guy, this guy's running every carry like it's his last. Guys like that aren't denied. He's he's got good vision. He's quick. He can make cuts. He finds holes. He's got enough speed. Obviously, he has athleticism. Obviously, he can catch the ball in the backfield. He's picking up the blitz now. He's good. He's a good running back, and, and probably the be- it is the best they've got. You know, so how else are you going to run the ball? Well, probably with Spencer Rattler. <laughs> you know, that would right. be my second option. Uh, and then the third, obviously, uh, you know, and not it's not so much about running the ball as just getting production from that position. Is I thought Dowell Loggins did a great job uh, with how he used Juju McDowell against the Gators. I mean, how you can't beat two touch two touches two touchdowns. You know, I mean that's and that's exactly how they need to use him. So, I uh, I think they're onto something now with the run game, and and it was it was dead on arrival uh, before uh, Mario stepped up, and, and and they figured some of these things out. I, you know, it it feels like um, that was interesting earlier, Aaron saying that it feels like the '90s again. You know, as far as the season goes, well, I guess if you beat Clemson at the end of the year, it it'll all work out. Um, but um, it, it does this game I love I love what Mike Morgan says all the time and I totally agree with him it's not must win until it's must win you know everybody's version of must win is different you know it's must win because uh, they're two and four so it's must win if you want to go eight and four in the regular season that's for sure um you know it's uh you feel but but it but it does feel a lot bigger than that I I will say this is is just deflating as it would look. And I do have a point here, man. I didn't mean to take a hard left-hand turn on you. Um, it, you know, if they get beat tomorrow and they sit at two and five, one and four in the league, that's going to be really deflating for the fan base and more than likely for some in that locker room, regardless of what the coaching staff will tell you publicly. Um, but, um, you know, there also will still be the possibility with what lies ahead in November of having a okay, that we got out of that type season. You know what I mean? Hey, man, we, we got out of there. We got out. It didn't fall apart. It was about to. But um, but this game and next week's game, you feel like you have to win one in order for that to even happen so you don't limp into November with your head and your tail tucked down there between your legs. And so I think in order to do things like that, to win on the road, J.C., against a top 25 opponent, um, Phil, you, you have to, the things that you do well, you have to do them great. Um, and then you've got, you've got to find a way to make sure that, um, the things that you don't do well, that they don't get worse. And, it, you know, they really need to get better as we all know, but they just can't continue to get worse. So what do, what do I mean here? Well, I, I just, I still can't believe this South Carolina's defense gives up 322 yards per game through the air. That is, God, it's bad. You know, and, and I mean, that is, I don't know, when's the last time we saw a number like that? It's, it's, it's atrocious. So what are the things that you need to do well this weekend? Well, we've talked a lot about some of this this week. Um, your, your special teams need to be special. Okay? Like, this the, the that kind of special that we've kind of gotten used to, like it's going to have to be there. Like you're going to have to do the things that you're supposed to do, punt it, kick it, cover it, all that type of stuff. You got to be sound there, but you also are going to have to do something special. There there are players on that defense who are capable of making plays. Jordan Strawn is one of them up front. Uh, in the secondary, 
over the last few years or last couple of years, both Marcellus Dial, Nick Eamon Worry, all those guys have made plays. Okay. I know they've struggled this year for a multitude of reasons. Somebody back there's got to make a play. And then on the offensive side of the football, obviously Mario has brought that running game to life. And JC, you mentioned the injury, and that just really stings when you talk about it. Spencer's going to have to go have a Spencer type game. And and he's had more of those at home than he has, you know, on the road. But of course, those games on the road, they've been trying to come back to. So like the things that you know you are capable of doing well this weekend, guys, they have to be done well. Like this isn't a game where it's like, well, you know, it just kind of is what it is. No, you have to get a turnover from one of the guys that you need to get a turnover from on defense. This is the game where something really special needs to happen on special teams. Spencer Rattler probably has to throw for 300-something yards. You know, Mario Anderson doesn't have to run for 100. He just has to make sure that the running game is moving forward. Like, that's kind of the Carolina football formula of winning right now, and and they got to get back to that in order to pull one out. Yeah, I mean, they've got to, you've got to, everything you know, offensively, every good game you've had has been at home this year. Uh, you need to take that on the road for the first time and have one of those impressive games and give Spencer enough time to be Spencer. And then you're going to be, you'll be solid on that front. The defense just has to play a complete game, period. Uh, we haven't seen one yet. And, and it, the, t- tomorrow would be the perfect time to do so. I agree with you on special teams, JB. I mean, I think that's another thing that just stings about this season is that, you know, top of the nation impressive performance that we saw last year from special teams. I mean, in all facets of it is just a ghost of itself this year. And I understand that depth is a big issue. Like, I, you know, I love the Pete Limbo news conferences and I've, I've you know, can he puts it in a way that you really can understand what's going on. And I can see that. But we're halfway through the season, guys. You know, some of those freshmen that have been on special teams, some of those guys who haven't played special teams have played it for six games now. So you should have it down. And I think we may have seen a little bit of that breakthrough with the block field goal last week, but now would be the perfect time to to throw some more hands at uh, – off of feet. Although the block field goal is from the oldest guy on the team, Tyree. Tess. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Tyree. Tyree. Originally committed Muschamp's first full recruiting class, by the way. I, was he much? I thought he was Coach Holtz, but either way, yeah, he's been around. I love Tyree Johnson when I recruited him out of Tupper High School. Yeah, it's, it's great. Charlie Strong told me to go watch his kid. He's fabulous. But I mean, to your point, Phil, like the. years old. The the um, like for instance, you know some of the shanks and the, the, they are really uh, the shanks by by Kai Kroger um, in pretty much any other year outside of the last couple of years in pretty much any other year, all, everybody has shanked one, two, or three of them, and you go, oh God, Lee, you know some of them. It, that's a horrible time for that to happen. The, the, the issue here is that it's very magnified with this program because special teams has been so sound and so, again, special. And so when something doesn't work or something doesn't go well or something bad happens, a bad play, you know, it is very magnified because you just don't see it and really haven't seen it since Coach Beamer has been the head coach at South Carolina. So that stands out. One other point I want to make, too, on Rattler. Uh, you know, having to have a big game on the road. Again, this team has really, JC, 
when you take all the little tidbits out of here, Phil, over the last you know couple of months, few months, however long you want to go back, this the identity of Shane Beamer's teams, as as we are now seeing with the, with the losses, have been um, you know with with Rattler when when he's able to throw the football. Obviously, you got to be able to run the football, but when he's able to throw the football, getting the turnovers and having good special teams, that's why they've won games. That's why they've won games, right? So, but on the road, the second half has been not great, and and second half starts have not been great. I'm really interested to see what they do this weekend. Clearly, the the game itself, who's winning the game. Who's losing the game? What you know? What's the score? What's going on out there? What type of adjustments have you had to make? That all impacts how you come out of the locker room in the third quarter to begin the second half. Duh, I understand that. However, on the road in Athens, and of course Georgia was you know three and out in Carolina to death in in that quarter. But on the road in Athens, on the road in Knoxville, Tennessee, in the third quarter, y'all know just quick guess between the two of you. You want to know how many passes Spencer Rattler has attempted in those two quarters combined on the road now in in Athens in Knoxville in the second half the the third quarter oh, how many total quarter. passes has he attempted in those two road games in the SEC uh, seven you're close nine he is yeah, just I, five of nine. Yeah. For 57 yards on the road in the SEC in the third quarter. So I'm not sure. I'm not questioning. That's not necessarily what I'm doing here. I just don't know why that is. And I'm anxious to see if that, if anything there changes uh, coming out of the locker room this week because they they just, they had the third quarter, Georgia owned it. Uh, remember, South Carolina couldn't run the football and, and then they couldn't complete the foot, they couldn't throw it because Georgia started keying on that. And then same thing, you know, up in Knoxville, it, they could not get it going in the third quarter. So what are they going to do to get it going? Is that trying to get it through the air a little bit more? I don't know, but I really, when I saw that, I was like, he's throwing it four and a half times in that quarter. Yes. What are they seeing and what are they doing that is, you know, contributing to that? No, no, I think, but part of that I'm sure goes to the fact that you, you did not possess the ball coming out of the half in either of those games. Um. So I think Phil position with Georgia. If you win the toss on the road today, maybe or you know tomorrow, maybe you defer. But Georgia, Phil position with Georgia was a big part of it. Uh, I don't think they will. Do you? Y'all think they'll if they win that toss tomorrow, they're not going to defer. They're going to take the ball. Tennessee was up thirty-one ten, and then the next thing you know, Carolina's ran a seventy-five yard touchdown. In the third quarter, that was the one. Yeah, the one play. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's uh, that's the one. Here's what gets me, guys. It, it, like South Carolina's pass defense is an enigma. <laughs> so preseason, right? If you'd have told me they would have held Drake May to his second lowest output through seven games, Carson Beck to his second lowest output through seven games, plus hold uh, Brock Bowers to seven catches for fifty-four yards. Uh, and then Joe Milton would have only gone for 239 and had 11 incompletions and two interceptions. I'd have said that pass defense is probably smoking. But then you turn around and you tell me that Will Rogers, without the Pirate, throws for almost 500 yards out of the grounded chucks, the, the chuck and duck ground based chuck freaking app state system. And then Graham freaking Mertz 
with Billy Napier dialing him up like he's Steve Spurrier from the sidelines, there's a 423. I'd have said you're nuts. Yeah. And both, but, and, and both those games are at Williams Bryce, guys. You know how much harder it is to have a great passing game on the road in front of a hostile crowd because of yeah. signals and miscommunications and audibles and all that stuff that goes in the passing game? That's why they say take your run game on the road. These two teams Nine, came into Williams Bryce and like lit them the freak up. 910. 910 yards. That's what's just so bizarre about this season. I mean, that, that's that about the defense, especially. I'm like, wow, why are you that much worse at home than, than on the road against the pass? And, and dare I say, Carolina has been dominant against the run at home. Yeah. I mean, no, nobody's coming there and chewed them up. I mean, I, I, I don't know. It, it's, it's the dangest thing I've ever seen. Dangest thing I've ever seen. Dangest thing I've ever seen. Well, to I'll add to that list here on the other side of the break because when um, when Aaron takes the camera out and you see what is outside these doors, it's going to blow your mind. I've, I've never seen anything like this. I, I asked him if I was at a flea market. I'm not. Uh, this is going to be literally the craziest deal ever. We've got plenty more on Gamecock football. Michael Flint will join us in uh, about 12 minutes here on our program. Uh, to give his uh, thoughts and breakdown and pick of the ball game, we'll make our picks a little bit later. We've got some pretty wild stats on the road under Coach Beamer that you'll want to hear, and uh, we'll take a quick glance at the rest of the nation as well outside of the SEC and what is going on in a what should be just an absolutely beautiful weekend for college football. So, everybody, hang tight. It is twenty five percent off all apparel right now. GamecockTraditions.com. If you're driving, if you're at home. If you're eating lunch, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, type this into your phone, GamecockTraditions.com. If you're in Lexington and you're in Columbia or wherever up there and you can get by, do it. But now is the time to buy, especially if you want to save some money with the holidays coming up. Uh, Kevin and Scott and all those just wonderful uh, ladies and gentlemen out there at um, Gamecock Traditions, we're so honored to be partners with them. 25% off all apparel in-store and online. I've got a whole closet full of stuff from Gamecock Traditions, and I'm just so thankful for what they do uh, for all of the game, great Gamecocks here in South Carolina and all across the country because they ship it right to your door. Not everybody has a Gamecock Superstore right next door to them, but they're always in your phone, and they'll send it to you. GamecockTraditions.com. When we return, uh, Aaron Beasley will – yeah, go ahead. I just have one more thing because I did some math while you were talking. South Carolina's given up 61 yards per game rushing at home. Yeah, it's been remarkable. That's like Charlie Strong, Lou Holtz era style excellence against the run. That's what we were all worried about the whole – that's what the staff was worried about. That's what the staff was worried about. Yeah, it's pretty remarkable. Like you said, compared to the past, who'd have thunk it? But that's where we are. This weekend, though, they'll be in another Columbia, so maybe uh, maybe it'll all get a little bit easier. All right, we'll step aside when we return. Uh, plenty more on Gamecock football, plus an incredible look out the doors here at Palm Casual 305, three, excuse me, 350 Holiday Drive in Somerville. Down here in the South, we don't always see eye to eye. While our taste in college football teams or what sauce, if any, goes best on a rack of ribs or what to mix with our Dixie vodka might be up for debate, we can all agree there's nothing better than a southern tailgate. And like our favorite college teams, our ingredients come from small towns and big cities. They're grown in southern soil, 
are crafted by Southern hands and proudly represent the South in our backyard and beyond. So raise a glass of Dixie Southern Vodka to celebrate being made in America and raised in the South. Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. Magnum, Velotric, Aventon Bikes, and more. And they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle help you handle the southern heat better but still get great exercise. Bikes are available all ages and sizes. ElectricBikesCharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. Golfers and wannabe golfers, former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor is now a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina. In-person golf lessons are held at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course nine or 18 holes. And if you're outside of South Carolina, Meredith conducts virtual lessons. Just send in your golf swing for analysis. Gift cards are available for in-person one-hour lessons. Connect on Twitter at Mayor Taylor and find her online at McKellarEnterprises.org. Her email is on the website. Schedule your next lesson today with Meredith Taylor, former Gamecock golfer. Not today, sweetie. One heart's breaking while another one is mending. It's all in the ebb and flow. If I had to, I could go it alone. Because you've become my own. These windows could shut into the ground. These walls could fall right down. It's 12.30 inside the Gamecocks, the show, live from Palm Casual in Somerville, South Carolina, where we are here for the unbelievable warehouse clearance event that is taking place beginning at 7 a.m. coming up this Sunday, 350 Holiday Drive. That view that you're seeing there is from 
Aaron Beasley, the owner, as he's kind of walking through uh, the warehouse back here where we are. That's, that's right, Michael. They shoved us in the warehouse. They wouldn't even let us. They wouldn't even let us do the show from the floor in the front of the building. That's how embarrassed they were uh, to to allow the Wando boys up front. But that's okay. It's all good. Um, and uh, so you can kind of see there. I don't know if uh, oh, there you go. They're kind of kind of waving at us. I'm gonna get Weasel to cut his mic on or cut his mic on here, Phil, if you can, and I let him it. talk to us. There he is. Can you hear me? Yeah. And you know, Several what did you expect to be not be in the warehouse with you show up with Michael Flint and a bottle of bourbon? I mean, where'd you think they'd put you right up front? <laughs> Backdoor guests are best, right? <laughs> so this tell us what what are we looking at here? All right. So we're still setting up, um, obviously, but you've got tons of composite Adirondacks, the Penland collection, named after Justin Penland. Tons of products here, stools. You got four box trucks today that we're unloading. Um, tons of stuff. Wicker. Here's some dining tables. Uh, teak. We've got pre-weathered teak. We've got natural teak. These are hand-laid porcelain tile tables. I mean, these will be outrageously discounted. Um, dining sets. All of this you can keep outside. Composite. Just dining set after dining set. Dining set. I'll show y'all some chairs over here. We ran a delivery to Skip Holtz last week, and uh, oh. we had some extra chairs, and was like, "Hey, if y'all want to keep them, you know, like, whatever." He didn't. We, everybody has a month to return anything for any reason, so he was like, I, I, "I bought too many, just you know, whatever." So we gave him his money back on those. So I have Skip Holtz's chairs here. If anybody wants Skip Skip Holtz's chairs, I'll show them to y'all. Maybe but JC wants them. There's Cam Cambo. Say what's up. He runs the Myrtle Beach Factory. Came down today. He's a guy. He's definitely a guy. Where is Skip? <laughs> I'm find them. They've moved them. It's you. You literally have anything known to man when it comes to having the sweetest outdoor spot on the block. Look, we've got. I've got about two hundred rocking chairs out front. Uh, teak rocking chairs. I've got composite rocking chairs. Those are all teak chase lounges. Composite chase lounges. Look, just tons and tons and tons. That's I twenty six right there. <laughs> more we, this will all be set up into dining sets and all sorts of stuff so yeah oh, it's it's, and, and, so do you do you anticipate so hey weasel or, or, or hey, i yeah, just we, called him by his nickname sorry uh aaron uh do me do me a favor describe the scene at 7 a.m here on sunday so it's um it is everything you've seen on like uh black fridays it's that on steroids. We will have, I mean, close to probably 75 sets of customers. Uh, we have people, we've had people sleep at night with their children. I've literally had like six and seven year old kids sleeping on the furniture with their parents. Um, <laughs> it's crazy. I'm not, I'm not kidding. Like I'm not joking about that. And um, tons of them. we end up having, we have to rope it off. And now we, we cut the rope. Do we have a big we cut the rope. It's Sunday morning, so we, we say a prayer at first. And then we cut the rope. <laughs> and y'all would be staggered at how many people. And they sprint to the furniture, and they claim it like a land grab, like Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman in Far Away. And uh, more tea. Look at all these rock chairs. And so anyway, it's uh, we have a security guard. Yes. And it is, <laughs> when I say wild, it's wild. Look at all these rocking chairs. Oh, those, I, those are the ones that me and Flint are trying to sneak out of here when you're not paying attention later. Yeah. So yeah. Just, look, all these teak chases. Are there any fish in that pond? 
Huh? Yeah, hold on. Are there any fish in that pond? Yeah, fish and ducks. We can go duck hunting and fishing same day. Cast and blast. Man, I'm gonna grab me a uh, I'm gonna grab me a sandwich from Honeybait. Go out there and put one on the ground. Then that sounds great. Maybe yeah, we'll bring my tent and just camp out there. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I it, but, but we want to make sure we emphasize here as well, though. It's not like Walmart where people are going to be beating each other up and fighting no, and stuff no. like that. Like, nobody's no, going to pull no, any no. weapons or anything like that. It would be very cordial. No. no, no, it's a good scene. People run. They get very excited because, again, they get the opportunity to buy some good furniture at an extremely low price, a great value um, furniture that by design is supposed to hold up and i mean with our service for you know 45 years being a lifetime service so we fix our products for free if you break it or if i break it it's free i can't sell things that don't hold up so that's what we do and um and when i tell y'all there's extreme discounts it's it'll be this it helps us it's kind of a service to the community it's a service to us we free up our warehouse space look i mean dining sets after dining sets again sectionals after sectional so it's there's people carrying right there. There's Kyle. Kyle played football at Florida. He was in Cam Newton's recruiting class. Say what's up, Kyle. Kyle, say what's up. He played at uh. Florida. There's Brad. Brad's a Gamecock. Randall's a Gamecock. But look, I mean, just tons. So all of this will come out and be outside in hyper-discounted. Wicker, teak, cast, everything. Whatever you want, I got it for you. There's Flint. Flint, say what's up. <laughs> what not? Hey, <laughs> <laughs> Michael, if anybody missed Michael, he was standing over my shoulder a minute ago uh, with the slashing prices sign, uh, trying to be the the. Uh, yeah, here. I'll give everybody a quick glimpse in our factory showroom too. Yeah, some customers, and we'll say what's up. Susan's in there, Chris. We got a great team in there. Um, this is really this is really neat. I don't think there's a remote on the planet that can do uh, what we're doing. So here's the showroom. This is really a beautiful place. Awesome. Yeah, so this is, and again, this is one of our, it's our newest factory. We just moved in. So we're still hanging pictures. We're getting ready. That's a gorgeous set there. Phil, what do you want? You want me to get something for you while I'm here? Yeah. I just need cushions. I need cushions. I need I need cushions, cushions too. I'm, I'm yeah, supposed I mean, to be getting something today. I got I to gotta talk with Weez, figure out what I can get out of here because my, my wife's got me on a, on a, uh, on a run. So here's the thing, too. All this stuff you see in here properly displayed, we'll have all of this plus times a 1,000 come Saturday. And uh, if you want good stuff, be here early. We do continue to discount as the day goes on, and everything will sell. Um, everything will go. But if you're here early, you can get the good stuff, and it's still a tremendous deal even without it. And, again, I mean, I have $10 cushions. I mean, full disclosure, umbrella cushions, I mean, I – we sell them to furniture stores at a hundred bucks. I'm selling them for $10 and I get it. You're like, Oh, that's gotta be some sort of catch. It's not They're They're, they're dead cushions to us. So for 10 bucks, people can come in here and get a tremendous cushion. And it pays for us to grab somebody and throw it in your car. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's a killer deal, killer, killer deal. Like big cushions will be 10 bucks. Nice deluxe, you know, lifetime service cushions. Probably sectional. Wow. So that's, Incredible. 350 Holiday Drive here in Somerville, uh, Palm Casual Patio Furniture. Is, uh, he's just pretty much shown you there's enough for pretty much everybody within four to five counties. So if you if you want to come down this way on Sunday, starting at seven in the morning, uh, this is where you'll want to be. You can see it on our screen. We've got the sale up there on the screen as well. Um, umbrellas. I'll have a ton of umbrellas. Y'all see all those? Yep. I mean, super cheap. I mean, we'll be selling... 
extremely discounted umbrellas made out of Sunbrella. Um, wow. Super. I mean, again, like I was telling you, I'll be selling $1,500 Teak Chases for the highest price will be 450 and others will be discounted. Ooh. I have $1,200 Teak Chases that I'll be selling for 200 bucks for a $1,200 Teak Chase. I mean, come get it. You know, I mean, you can't beat that. <laughs> um don't look at your text from Smoke, but uh, that he's he's just he is just offended all of us. Well, um, we should have invited him, but you know, well, I, he told me I show up. him, and I can't. You know, I'm just yeah. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Appreciate right. the appreciate the look around. This is uh, really neat. We'll have you back on here in a little bit to uh, to make your picks at the end of the program. Awesome, awesome. stuff. Thank you, fellas. You're the man. There you go. Aaron Beasley, the owner here at uh, Palm Casual at 350 Holiday Drive in Somerville. All right, we'll step aside. Michael Flint will tell us everything that's going to happen tomorrow at Memorial Stadium in Columbia, Missouri, when we return inside the Gamecocks, the show. Chicken cock originated in Kentucky, like so many other bourbons. And so the resurrection of it, you know, Paris, Kentucky, that's the county seat of Bourbon County. So much of this whiskey was being made in that Bourbon County, put on ships and barges and shipped down Ohio, down the Mississippi, and got to New Orleans where it got distributed all over the world. And people kept saying, well, hey, I want some more of that whiskey from Bourbon County. And so that's how bourbon whiskey uh, got its name. And chicken cock originated actually in Paris, Kentucky, which is today Bourbon County. If you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane is for you. Ask her about the village at Creekside, all of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong Gamecock fan. And many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Searfoss, 864-414-5271. Caldwell Banker Kane in the upstate for your real estate needs. Building your dream home is often just that, a dream and sometimes a nightmare. But at the Barndo Company, they commit to quality and build without sacrifice. Customization, open floor plans, limitless flooring options, maintenance-free and easy insulation perks, and affordability are just a few reasons why they've been named one of the best builders in the U.S. Believe in your dreams. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barndo Company. Gamecock owned. Gamecock operated. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location, or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama Columbia and go game packs.
six, five, four, three, two, one. It's celebration time as Carolina has defeated Notre Dame in a thriller here at South Bend. The You can probably bet we'll have something like that in the future for the great Tommy Moody, who passed at the age of 69 only a couple of days ago in Columbia, South Carolina. Welcome back inside the Gamecocks. The show served by Chicken Cock Whiskey. JC, Phil, if you pay close attention, you'll notice there's a little less in there than the last time we showed you that. Uh, and that's because yeah, we're on remote. Every- yeah. 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 Well, when you got Michael here, you have to you have to celebrate the when you're in the presence of the uh, first family of Wando and Gamecock football, uh, the Flint, the Flint family, which I, I do want to give a shout out to uh, David, your older brother, uh, who wanted last week to make sure that I uh, I I when when Michael was on, he said, make sure you. You let everybody know he's the very disease-free Michael Flint. <laughs> disease-free. Well, that's good. Right. Right. For, what was that from old school, right? Yeah. The very disease-free uh, Michael Flint. Um, but um, honored to be out here and uh, certainly really appreciate everybody uh, hanging with us as we uh, look to the ball game this weekend, Michael. Um They've lost four in a row, and, um, <laughs> you know, coming into the year, guys, I, I think if you would have described this game, you would have said it's going to be South Carolina's offense versus Missouri's defense, and, um, it, well, it'll still be that, believe it or not. Both of them will have an offense and a defense in the ballpark, but Missouri's defense has not really been what we probably thought it would be. Mike, their offense has been. Uh, Cody Schrader is uh, questionable going into the game this weekend, although I think he'll probably end up playing uh, the, the running back for the Tigers. That's been the problem for Carolina. The defense has been an issue. And, Mike, you know, you you even the, the Mississippi State game, they won, right? Um, of course, they, they fall last week after being up 10. You go back to the Tennessee game and just really couldn't get it done. You know, it started with that pick six there towards the end of the, the second quarter, and it, and it kind of spiraled out of control. I feel like, and I'm very uneducated in all of this, as you well know, that's why I always call you to pick your brain and try to act smarter. I feel like it's a matchup problem for this defense. Um, So what I'm going to ask you here, the the role of being a safety, a free safety or a strong safety, whatever it may be, um, is that how do offensive coordinators focus on getting their best players into one-on-one matchups with, with safeties like w- what does that look like when you're dialing up plays trying to get there to where basically you got a guy who's uncoverable uncover- yeah a lot of it is 
you know, matchup situations, like you said, and, you know, how you how your defense from a personnel standpoint is being run, you know, whether you're in a, you know, that four two, um, you know, with the nickel or you just a traditional four, three with a linebacker or, you know, three down linemen and how you choose to, to utilize those second level guys. But I think a lot of it is, is you, you know, creating a lot of pre-snap movement, getting, putting guys in motion, um, moving guys around the formation and trying to pick up on tendencies of what defensive coordinators like to do defensively in certain down and distance type situations from a coverage standpoint, from a, from a blitzing standpoint and taking all that into account. And it's really like a game of chess pre-snap. That's really what you're trying. You're, you're, you know, the coordinators are playing chess, trying to figure out, you know, man to man type situations or, um, or, you know, zone type situations. So a lot of it is the, a lot of the pre-snap stuff that, that goes into account. And like, like I said, the coordinators playing, playing chess with each other and figuring out how to get those mismatches on the inside and like, especially in the slot with what a lot of defenses have, have done, um, you know, these, these last few weeks is they've exploited some mismatches and, uh, you know, different um, things that we do defensively from a coverage standpoint and, and really started to exploit that. And, you know, it doesn't seem to matter who we have, but, you know, there's also things that go into account that, you know, a lot of folks don't see, which are potentially blown coverages to where, you know, a guy may have an under type coverage with help over the top. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's somebody, you know, blows an assignment. So there's a lot of those type of things that happen, but a lot of that goes into it. A lot of the pre-snap stuff, motions, movement, shifts, a lot of those type of things go into it. So that's what we've seen the last few weeks is, you know, it could be tendencies that, that offensive coordinators are, are, are picking up on, but you know, we are, how do you fix that? I think you got to get, you got to get creative. You got to take chances. Um, you can't be predictable. Um, you know, a lot of times you, can't, you can't can, be vanilla. You can get comfortable in a lot of the same play calls, you know, in having success and going back to what you know. But, you know, you almost, you know, you got to be one step ahead of, of, of that next guy. And so it's, you know, getting creative in different down and distance situations where where the ball is on the hash, which hash the ball is on, if it's in the middle of the field, where it's at. And, you know, going game by game and really highlighting those weaknesses, kind of like what Coach Spurrier used to do is looking at defense, looking at, you know, the top three coverages and di- certain down and distance situations, but finding that weak, weak link on defense mm-hmm. and uh, being able to, um, you know, hi- highlight those weaknesses. So, you know, there's a lot of that that goes on, but it's interesting to see, you know, how we react and, you know, come out on, on Saturday and doing a lot of that kind of stuff. So I know coach white, um, you know, we've been hamstrung a little bit with with uh, injuries that's that have really, really hurt and really hurt a lot of our depth um, with a lot of young guys having to step mm-hmm. up. So, you know, I know we we can get creative and I think it's kind of like, you know, just let it all hang out at this point. I think, you know, we've we've held firm. We've been really good in stopping the run. Um, it's just really the the explosive plays that have highlighted like a lot of good things that we've done defensively. It's really been those explosive plays that have you know, that have kind of left that sour taste that have really been the difference in some of these ball games, um, you know, that we have lost. Luther Burden, this is a really neat game from this standpoint. You're going to see two of the top five wide receivers in college football, period, not the SEC, college football. Luther Burden is third in the nation in receiving yards. Xavier, Xavier Leggett 
is uh, fifth in the country in that department as well, Mike. Uh, Luther Burden is just really freaking good. Yep. So what are they going to do to stop him? You know, I think you're going to see a lot of what Missouri does is a lot of pre-snap movement. You know, a lot of what people like to call like, that's kind of Eli's thing, right? Yeah, yeah and and you know the the how he's kind of gelled his offensive style, his scheme from where he came from to where it is now. Um, you know, he's got a really you know he's got a really creative offense. You know, a lot of stuff he does pre-snap is that eye candy that you know guys have to be alert and aware of, and you know it keeps their eyes moving to see where that assignment is. And when you got guys in the secondary and guys in the second level that have to really think um, a lot more than react, once the ball snap, you tend to play a lot slower. Mm -hmm. So I know, you know, our guys will be prepared and ready. There's enough film on it to see the, to see the type of pre-snap things that they do. And so, you know, a lot of it is, you know, the prep during the week and really understanding what they're doing um, and not letting all that motion and movement get you out of position, get your eyes out of position, you know, get you from a run fit standpoint or gap responsibility, not letting that affect you. So they do do a lot. It's, it's, it's really, it's playing your assignment, play your assignment and don't try to do anybody else's. And I think, you know, we'll be okay. But, you know, with Luther Burden, they're going to move him around. I think you see on film, they move him all over the, all over the formation pre-snap mm -hmm. to try and create those mismatches. And, you know, I can all but guarantee that, that's exactly what they're going to do on Saturday. And I think that's a given. They're going to try to get him into the slot, um, whether it be, you know, at the, uh, you know, lining up or they get them there somehow through motion and shifts and things like that. But, you know, you can, you can all but guarantee that he's going to be there. They're going to try to get him in some really good one-on-one -on -one situations, you know, with a safety and kind of go from there and see how it happens. But, you know, up front, I think, you know, we, need to get pressure on the quarterback because qu the quarterback has progressively gotten better and better. And, you know, they Missouri used to just ground and pound and run it, but be really creative when they did it. But now you're seeing them start to throw the ball a lot more than they historically have. So, Yeah, well, I mean, they, they throw it for 306 yards per game. Get the Gamecocks are at 312. So <laughs> do the math. That's 618 yards through the air. These two quarterbacks uh, collectively are bringing into this ball game this weekend, JC. I know you, you got a question for Mike, and 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 um, I, you know, I I I think what you were saying is quarterbacks have progressively get been getting better throughout the ball games, right? That South Carolina has been playing in, yep. and and you know, Shane even said earlier this week, uh, and I can't remember exactly which play it was, JC, Phil, maybe y'all can remind me, but. It was one of the plays at the end of the game where he said, look, when you've got a reverse, if you can draw up any play you want, is that you get your two defensive ends to to uh, to, to you know bust down and you stop him. Mm -hmm. And they missed the tackle. All right. So, you know, you've I, – I don't know what they're going to do. <laughs> I don't think any of us do. But to your point of everything we've just talked about, and I'll tee it up here and let Mr. Schubert uh, take over um, – you got to find a way to get quarter, uh, pressure on the quarterback. He don't have to. They sacked Florida four times as that last weekend. Sacks, right, guys? Sacks don't always tell the story. Are you are you resetting the pocket? Are you moving him outside of it? Are you making him uncomfortable? Is he, as you always say, is he feeling you or not? And I just don't think. I think they've really been doing a very poor job of that throughout this season, JC. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you, you got to get to affect affect the passers, what the coaches call it. You know, you, you can with offenses these days that are designed to get the ball out really quick. 
your sack numbers may not be there. Georgia, Georgia, great defense, right? Don't get a lot of sacks. Um, you know, I, I think uh, they do affect the passer. And yeah. look, I'll be honest. Let me just let me just be straight with you guys here. Brady Cook is play like everybody was surprised by Will Rogers and Graham Mertz what they did against the secondary. Brady Cook's been playing this way for about three or four games now, just like those guys. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it, it, if they play the same way, it's da- it's dangerous. And you know, you know, Missouri's sitting there on offense, licking their chops with the matchup situation. I mean, those guys can game plan. Um, Eli Drinkwitz has a new play caller uh, that came over from Fresno State, which is from the he's from the Boise State tree. Uh, Chris Peterson esque kind of guy. He's done a great job for them this year, adding a few more wrinkles to what was already there. Um, it is a, uh, it is a matchup based offense, a matchup based offense. And I mean, yeah. And that what's scary. And that what's scary about this. Yeah. We'd all be dumb to sit there and think that that Eli wasn't sitting there, you know, he's because he's been, he's been good at at finding weaknesses in the defense to start with, uh, when Carolina's pretty good on defense, you know, I I thought one of Carolina's better games defensively was A&M last year because the offense stalled in the middle of the game. Shocker. And uh, he just kept getting stop after stop after stop after stop. Finally, Lloyd runs it in, and Carolina gets breathing room. But, uh, you know, Carolina was coming off its two best defensive games last year when they played Missouri. And Eli Drinkwitz was just like, all right, well, whatever. <laughs> you know? Uh, and, and people in the chat box are talking about, like, you know, oh, well, they don't have to run. Mississippi State didn't have to run the football. Florida didn't have to. I pulled up the stats. Florida ran freaking 81 plays. They did pass it forty eight. They threw it. They they, they run it. Ran it thirty three. Mississippi State did kind of abandon the run early, but I, I I'm I don't think that's the case. That there's not teams don't go. Oh, we don't have to run the ball. It, it's it's that they throw it every now because they 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 can't run the ball. And South, you got to give Carolina credit for you can't just brush brush over that. Carolina stopped the run in those games, and I, yeah, it's inexcusable. You give up sixty one yards a game at home. And you've given up what 11, 1200 yards passing. Uh, and you did not, it's not like, I mean, I, I understand Darius Rush and Cam Smith aren't there anymore, right? But it's not like O'Donnell Fortune and Marcellus Dow haven't played a bunch. It's not like Nick Fenwari and DQ Smith weren't penciled in all year. Uh, I mean, hell, the one freshman you have back there is playing better than anybody in Kilmore. So, you know, it's a talent issue. And, and now you've got, you've got a matchup where, these guys are – I mean, there's not just one receiver like Mississippi State and Florida had. There's three or four. Uh, you you got to you got to be careful with this one. Very, very careful. I would change the game plan. I would – I would if I – and maybe I'm wrong because I'm not a football coach or anything like that. Seems to me I would just sit back in a big – I'd go full Vic Coning and sit back in a big old soft zone and drop eight and say, all right. Come at me, baby. You want to throw these little short passes? We're going to have two guys around the ball. We're going to limit Burden because he's a catch-and-run guy. We'll get him on the ground, you know, keep everything in front of us, and live or die by third and four <laughs> if you can. That's yeah. – You remember I, against East Carolina? Yeah. Yeah, East, East, Carolina. Car- East Carolina. I mean, the receiver, I think, has felt like he had 25 catches. Um, yeah. But, you know, it was all the short stuff. He got inside the 20, and we forced him to kick field goals. Um but you know that was with I think more of a limited, a limited personnel that we had. But you know, JC, like you said, those like you just listed off those four guys in the in the secondary. 
you know, I would take those guys over just about, you know, a lot of other, a lot of other secondaries in the SDC. And, you know, you look at it from a man to man matchup standpoint, you know, I think, you know, the other, you know, offenses have started to exploit some of those things that we do and getting their, getting their guys, getting their fast guys in that slot and going. But, you know, I, I, I do think some of it is also, you know, co- breakdowns in coverage where guys um, have had missed assignments. But, you know, sure. I think up front, um, like you said, you know, dropping back in that zone, will, you know, will that work against this type of offense? You know, I think it potentially could. But don't, don't try to create chaos and confusion up front by bringing five or six guys, um, you know, each time and then leaving a hole back there in the secondary. I mean, you could say, you know, try that and see if, you know, it creates that confusion, collapses the pocket, doesn't let the quarterback really get his eyes across the whole read and make him make a throw quickly to where he misses a lot of those second reads, per se, um, where those guys are open. Um, so it's 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 a tough call. Um, yeah, Barry, Barry Odom, speaking of Missouri, Barry Odom did that to a lot of teams at, at Missouri. Hell, he did it to Carolina in 2019. You guys remember that game? Carolina, Carolina couldn't run the ball. Uh, it had terrible field position the whole game, and uh, BMAC just kept having a list. He'd chunk it all over the yard, but it wasn't. I mean, he he dropped a bunch. Uh, I think they picked off uh, either Ole Miss or I think it was Ole Miss the first year Odom was in Arkansas six times in one game, and yeah. he only he dropped he dropped eight the whole game. Uh, you know, you can win games that way. It's not everybody's favorite because nobody likes to die and bleed to death of a thousand paper cuts if they're going, you know, second and six, third and three, first down, second and seven, you know, all that. And it's working and they're you're just they're just eating you alive. But but I mean I I would I would try something different just because the one on one matchups are just not in Carolina's favor. You got ten more minutes? Yeah. You don't have anything to do. No, I don't have a job. Man, don't have a man, don't have a job. He got it's no Friday. job. Got, uh, it's Friday. It's Friday. Uh, <laughs> we will uh, step aside for a break. We'll let Michael Flint continue his thoughts when we return. Get a prediction from you on this game as well. Aaron Beasley will be back. I think y'all probably figured out by now. Dude knows what he's talking about. Pretty Big time. Game that's, a, that's a nice stat on Ike Crowfoot, by the way. 14 of 14 on recruiting. We need to bring Ike back to school for Cameron Fountain and others. JC will also give us a recruiting update in this final hour. Good news, Gamecocks. Keep your eyes peeled. Everybody, hang tight. As always, can't thank you enough for being here on our program. Inside the Gamecocks, the show built by the Farndo. Here I come. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location, or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama Columbia and go Gamecocks. Charleston Fitness Equipment is keeping South Carolina in shape. 
Clients have come from all over the Palmetto State to find that one piece of equipment that they enjoy that keeps them looking and feeling good. Whether it's a home rower, treadmill, elliptical, free weights, a home gym, or something else, Charleston Fitness Equipment keeps the mirror smiling back at you. Get in shape like the Gamecocks do. Visit charlestonfitnessequipment.com. Gamecock owned and operated and proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Cold Joe here. And when I'm not eating average jambalaya or celebrating endless summer in Destin, I like to eat pimento cheese straight off the bucket. Mmm. And the only pimento cheese I like to eat is from Nana's Porch. It's award-winning. It'll melt in your mouth. It's good on a cracker. It's good in a bowl. It's good on a piece of bread. Also, don't forget Nana's Porch has a hell of a food truck. It's award-winning as well. And they're here for all of your catering needs. So get online. Nana'sPorch.com. It's mm-mm good. Coach O signing off. In the summer, go Tiger. For chicken cock, we get a medium to medium plus toast. The char level, we use a number three level char. If you char it too deep, you start burning away some of those flavor components that you just created. If you just char a barrel and you don't toast it, you're going to create some of those flavors just on a thin layer just inside the char, but not the actual depth and full extent of flavors uh, that you're going to get if you toast it properly. All those elements, that's exactly what they do. They boil down to great flavor. If you're in the real estate market in the low country or even in the Midlands, please contact me, JB, with Coast to Coast Realty SC. Go Gamecocks. Ladies and gentlemen, here it is. It is Wando's world. We're all just living in it. Welcome back inside the Gamecocks of the show. Built by the Barndo Co. and served by Chicken Cock Whiskey. But it is good, isn't it? Isn't it good? Are you a you cat? You, hey. Hey. He'll call me at 10 o'clock at night until talk till 2 in the morning. I can't get him to talk while he's looking in the camera. Uh, <laughs> Need some more uh, we are. glass of wine or something, you know. Let's get loose. It's Friday. <laughs> a glass more like a more like a bottle. Oh, 350 holiday drive is where we are. Palm Casual in Somerville, South Carolina. Seven o'clock in the morning on Sunday is where this place will be crazy. Uh the warehouse clearance event. Weasel walked you through everything. We call him Weasel. His name's Aaron. You can call him that if you show up and you say that he he will answer. I promise you. There's not a lot of weasels just roaming around out there, but um, we uh, really appreciate him having us and and certainly uh, Michael. Thanks to my 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 one of my best buddies in the world, Mike Cisco, for supplying Honey Bank Tam for us to eat some lunch today. 
and um, and really, really happy we can be here with all of you. We are driven by Love Chevy in Columbia, South Carolina, and uh, special thanks to the fine men and women of Love Chevrolet with incredible deals. I was looking the other day at 0.9% interest right now, I think, on 24 um, Chevy 2500. So if you're in the market for a big truck, that's where you want to go. Uh, the folks at uh, Love Chevy. Also, remember, on the app right now, the Salsaritas Fab Five Challenge. We've had, Phil, haven't we had two back-to-back 5-0 and winners? Isn't it two in a row? I think that's right. I know uh, I know this week's winner was 5-0. and oh. I want to say last week's winner was two. I think I so. Thought, I thought they were. So they won a Fiesta pack. Yeah, for, right, I'm doing one because each one of y'all has gone 5-0 and oh at least one time. It's yeah. my turn. JC, you've been five and zero. First week of the season, baby. Yeah, very first. Oh, right out. That's the right. Yeah, yep. Right out the gate. So JC was five and zero. I was five and zero. Well, Phil, it's your turn. I, I know, been, right? I know. Yeah. The close I got was four and one. You know, that's all right. Yeah, I think I've, I've, I've had three has this day. Only one five and zero, I believe. Anyways, all right, Mike. Uh, back into it here, Carolina. We're trying to pull the upset tomorrow. We've talked about the defense. Um, on offense, I, I, I'm i not a big believer in this stat as far as, like, this is this needs to be your identity. This needs to be – this is how you win games, and that's the time of possession stat. Mm-hmm. But, but I do feel like that could be an important stat this weekend for Carolina if they score. You know, I mean, if you keep the ball for seven minutes and you don't put any points on the board, so what? But being able to possess the football with the issues that their defense has had and keeping – J.C. just pointed out a minute ago, uh, J.C., I think what the last uh, – he's Brady Cook actually has had a couple of games the last couple of weeks that have, if you look at the stats, have maybe a little bit been a little bit off compared to what they were a little bit earlier. But he's still on fire, and he's still throw, making big throws when he needs to make them. He's a great quarterback. He's had a, an exceptional season. Season. So, does that stat matter in your mind this weekend? If South Carolina being able to possess the football, and then ultimately, of course, you need to score when when you've had it for a while. Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of context that goes behind the whole the whole time of possession metric that you look at um, when you look at the you know being balanced on offense mm-hmm. or the big plays like we've had to Xavier Leggett. You know, when you have a, a couple of big explosive plays like that and throughout the course of a game, time of possession is not exactly going to be on the higher end. But you've also turned the, that into points. So it's really about turning the possessions you have into points. Um, I think that goes into it along with being balanced on offense and being able to kind of maintain that ball control. So there really is – there's you know, there's context that goes behind it. I mean, I think, you know, if we have those explosive plays, um, you know, more more of them than we typically do, I don't think that statistic makes as much difference as long as we turn those into, into scores, touchdowns, I say. But, um, you know, with that, being more balanced on offense, being able to have success running, and running the football, throwing the football, um, you know, being able to sustain drives – and turn those drives into points, I think then it, you know, plays a big, a big factor in it. Cause the longer your offense is on the field, um, the less theirs is. And I know if Missouri does have a, you know, Missouri has an explosive offense. And um, so I think it does matter to, to an extent, you know, based on, you know, how the, how the game unravels um, 
through those four quarters in regard to the explosive plays. So, you know, I think with the context behind it, it, it does matter. But, you know, I know we love seeing those those big plays to Xavier Leggett. Um, I think anytime you got Spencer Rattler out there and Xavier Leggett out there, anything could happen. And um, so, you know, that's going to be that's going to be huge for us. Guys, I think one of the things that is uh, is concerning, you, you look at the last two uh, road trips, again, Athens and Knoxville, uh, and, and I don't mean this disrespectfully, they're not taking a shot at Missouri in any way, shape, or form. Uh, they have handled business at home just fine against the Gamecocks last couple trips. It is different to go play in Athens. It is different to go play uh, in Knoxville. Uh, just, I mean, Memorial Stadium seats 62,000. Tennessee seats 102,000. There's a, there's your difference, 40,000 people. Um but um, as the game went along, specifically, we were, you and I were going over the third and fourth quarter numbers earlier uh, before the show, and um, Spencer Rattler had a just a brutal fourth quarter in Athens. Three of 19, threw a couple of picks. He had to throw it. They knew he had to throw it, mm-hmm. and here they came. Tennessee did some similar stuff as well. Um, that, that, that's been a problem for this team. When, when they're behind – and opposing defenses kind of release release the hounds. South Carolina really hadn't been able to do much to to prevent that. Uh, I, I saw our buddy John Strickland just texted us a minute ago. I probably should have had him come in uh, to this segment and explain what the hell do they need to do up front to keep that from happening, Mike. But you're the best we've got. So what do they need to do there? Um, you know, if if you are in a tight ball game, I'm not saying even losing, just a tight ball game later on. Missouri, it's on tape. Hey, if you get a little exotic, you send some guys, uh, you know, peel back and go. Uh, Carolina's had a tough time, especially with Vershawn Lee being out this this weekend. That's a big deal. So if that happens, what's the answer there? Yeah, no, I think that's the Vershawn Lee's a big loss. I mean, I think the athleticism you saw for, or you see from him being able to transition from center to right tackle, he's done it previously in his career. He's played just about every position across the offensive line. So that that is a huge loss. And I think a lot of it goes into – you know, the continuity on the offensive line and those guys starting to come together and those guys gelling and really understanding, you know, the scheme and, and each other, yeah. um, you know, trusting that uh, everybody knows what they're doing up there. And, you know, that's your brother beside you and you know what he's going to do for you. You know what you're going to do for him and lay it all out on the line. I think you start, you're start you're seeing that uh, come together with these guys. And I think, you know, the loss of Rashawn hurts um, a lot, but you can start to see the continuity coming. And, uh, you know, you look back at Georgia, in that fourth quarter, Georgia's got guys that were just, they were just relentless and coming after us. And, you know, it was tough. We had some guys that had some, that had some tough days and, and, uh, you know, a, a tough game and one-on-one matchups, which really hurt. But I think, you know, from a, from a, a game prep standpoint, you know, Spencer's going to have checks that he can make if he sees, you know, certain stunts, you know, certain type of blitz packages potentially coming at him. Um, you're going to have checks that, that, that you like against that 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 specific personnel and what you think they're going to do. So you know Spencer having that authority and and having those 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 handful of plays to be able to to check to um, is going to be critical and is going to be big um, in this game especially. I mean that's you know it's kind of like that game of chess that you get between coordinators and really being able to find those tendencies of what you know that opposing coordinator likes to do. But you know I think we've gotten. On the offensive side, we've gotten better at a lot of those things. And, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing that, you know, this coming week. I know the loss of Rashawn Lee really hurts, but we've guys got guys that have played. Um, we've got guys up front that have gotten better, gotten some gotten experience. So, you know, interesting to see what how we kind of how that third and fourth quarter shakes out 
um, you know, from a production standpoint and really put, trying to, you know, if, and I'm going to say when being up, put the game away, you know, being yeah. able to sustain those drives. But you, you mean know, up 10 with five minutes to go? No. Is that what you're talking about? Just that was put tough. it away. Just just tuck them to bed and move the, you know what, on. That was tough. And, and, I, that, and that, that's a lot. There's a lot of territory that, you know, a lot of things that you hear of guys like, you know, knowing how to win, learning how to win, being able to do those things, you know, those big, big moments and those big time situations and, and coming through. I want to go back to last summer. JC, I want to give him a lot of credit on something here. You, for those who like to argue with him on the message boards, I'm going to give you a little bit of a uh, little, little information. He's forgotten more than you know. Um, and here's an example of that. Last summer, J- no, that's true. Um, <laughs> last last summer, J- there was a young man named Jatavius Shivers who decommitted uh, from Vanderbilt University. And there's a lot of people who were wondering why on earth would South Carolina be trying to get a guy who decommitted from Vanderbilt? Well, why on the world? Why would you do that? Why'd you sign a guy from Yale? You know, didn't make any sense. Uh, J- Jatavius Shivers' name came out of Shane's mouth the other night. As in, like, he might be close to where he's going to get into the ballgame. I don't anticipate they will start this young man. That would be three freshmen starting on the road on the offensive line. That sounds like a nightmare. Um, but, um, but JC, I want to lump you into this because you've, you've known about this kid for a long time uh, through sources. He's come to South Carolina. It took him a little bit of extra, it took him a little extra time. I don't know what that tells us about the offensive line if by the end of the year there's three freshmen starting, but um, I guess it, it's good and bad, right? Well, there. The, if Mark Marquis Anderson had stayed healthy, it could have been four. I mean, you know, it's the uh, whole damn well, class. That's actually true. He would have – don't you think he would have been starting probably by week two? What, what would have probably happened is instead of Trey Jones going in at guard and guard you uh, – my understanding is – Gargiulo could have been the one that went to right tackle and then Marquis in there at left guard. That was what I was told. But, I mean, obviously there's been a lot of – like the Vershawn Lee to tackle thing has been on the table since the preseason. I put that in some spur notes one day. Um, look, yeah, Craiger, Vershawn, Vershawn does have another year. So, so look, these boys can stay him. healthy next year. Well, he may go in the portal. Who knows? I mean, kids, <laughs> kid loves the Carolina. Come on. Um I'll be honest. I'll be honest. Uh, you know, you look at what's coming back on the O line, and then what's coming in after that too. Oh, it's a reason yeah. to get excited. I mean, I think very excited. Excited? No question. People are dying out there. Excited is oh, not a term I'd use. I mean, not to, anyway. not to, not to steer the ship too far off course here, but yeah, the tw- next year, the twenty four, you very easily could have all freshmen and sophomores starting on that offensive line, and very good ones at that. Yeah. And then by the time you get to twenty twenty five, which may be one of the toughest schedules in program history, uh, you've got all these guys are older. Nah. Not, Not well, either. no, I went through and I looked, at, and I'll talk about this here in a second. I don't want to because I got I got some stats for you uh, about Missouri's run defense that are very, 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 very interesting. And Hale pointed this out after the game the other night, and I, yeah. I looked at, I looked at the, the national stats and was like. I don't know. But, but anyway, about the schedule, I went through and uh, Saban kind of spilled the beans the other day. It looks like they're going to stay at eight, one, a 1-7 one, rotation. So mm-hmm. if they just rotate on, you know, I, I kind of sketched out what Carolina's 2025 schedule will look like. Keep in mind, non-conference is already Coastal Carolina, East Carolina, and Virginia Tech and Clemson. <laughs> so – how about, yeah. a little, how about a little road trip to Texas? And, and, I, about that? and I was about to say, in Texas, 
<laughs> Texas, <laughs> Georgia, Florida, Tennessee, Arkansas, Mississippi State. Uh, uh, Missouri, no, no, Missouri will be off. Better uh, get used to this, though. This is going to be every year. Okay, yeah, we've been suffering with the yeah, schedule. K- I, I, of, of course, Kentucky, Kentucky will remain, but there's no Vandy. I mean, it's 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 tough. But Lenora Sellers will also be a junior with a mm-hmm. veteran offensive line by the time they, they play that. So, anyway, all right. So, Missouri's run defense. They're 35th in the country. But check this out, guys. So, South Dakota rushed for 42. Middle Tennessee, 66. Memphis, 83. Vandy, poor Vandy. You know, their running back went to Kentucky. So, they can't run it at all. They're throwing it all over the yard. Jaden McGowan, the little tiny guy from Lawrence that's that's fast, was their leading rusher in that game. So, how about this? The LSU Tigers, 274. And Kentucky yep. last week in Lexington, 179. So right. they're giving up 190. And K-State, K-State also a running team, uh, uh, scratched out 138. So 197 yards per game against teams that are competent. And then 58 yards per game against what we would call uh, light running teams. Also, Missouri, their season high for rushing was 201 against Memphis. Needless right. to say, Memphis is not known for its run defense since a guy named Barry Odom was the defensive coordinator there under Justin Fuente. So, you know, Vandy 137, they put up 116 against LSU, 118 against Kentucky. You know, was Schrader banged up? I, I don't know. Schrader and Peter banged up? I mean, There's yeah. something there that's not aligning with this team's record as far as, like, their performances relative to competition. Yeah, no, JC, I agree with you. I think you can say the same about us as well. I mean, I think, you know, it's a disappointing start to this team because of the, some of the success we've had on on offense, you know, with what Rattler's been able to do, Xavier Leggett's been able to do. But you look at the emergence of, of Mario Anderson and what he's been able to do, you know, these last few weeks is he runs with aggression and he's he's got such good body control. You know, he moves – he, you know, he moves well within the line. He's got really good vision, and you can see kind of that one cut and go. Um, and and I just, I've been so impressed with the way he's run the football, how he's, how he's done um, so far. And I think, like you just said, uh, you know, I think he's a guy that's, you know, potentially could, bound for a big game. Um, I could see him getting after it. I could see him being a big part of the game Saturday for real. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that's a that's come on, a big, Mario. Talking about yeah, Mario. Yeah, Mario, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think he's I mean, the pride of Somerville. Somerville. They, they haven't really stopped a good back this year. I mean, they haven't. I mean, they haven't really stopped anybody. Yeah, I I mean, I, I don't disagree with either one of you. I think you're both I, – I, I, I think early in this game tomorrow, the running game is going to be feeling itself out with Vershawn not being in there. And I think in, – in, in, in what I'm getting at here, JC, isn't necessarily because I'm going, oh, no, so-and-so is stepping into his shoes – Vershawn Lee's the communicator of that offensive line. He's the guy. All right, uh, so and, and now that's got to be Nick Gargiulo. Yeah, but Nick handled it last week. Yeah, Nick's yeah, a freaking yeah. Yale graduate. No, 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 I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not. No, no. I, I'm talking about when you plug a, a different. Yeah, he's not communicating to Vershawn Lee. He's communicating to whomever else is going to be out there, whether that's Sydney or whatever. It's just I, I'm just saying early in the game, I'm anxious to see what this looks like. I feel like they're going to be trying to feel it out a little bit. Am I wrong? 
No, I mean, say I'm wrong. Loss is going to be, you know, great. I mean, even Dow Loggins said it in his press conference. He was like, it's amazing how well Trovon Ball played yeah. with the experience on either side of him. He was like, yeah. imagine that you put Barton, you know, Vershawn Lee out there at right tackle. And next thing you know, your freshman's played the best game he's ever had. Mm-hmm. Uh, very true. I mean, look, look, so I'm right. Thank you. Okay. Case <laughs> closed. Let's talk Turn about quarter, let's talk about dual threat quarterbacks. All right, the mm-hmm. only one. All right, so Jaden Daniels, two fifty nine yeah. through the air, no interceptions. Yeah, uh, one hundred thirty on the ground against this defense. Okay, let's talk about that. Let's also go talk about like uh, the Kansas State Wildcats and their dual threat system. All mm-hmm. right, let's look. Walker Howard. All right, we all know and love Will Howard. Sorry, who's he? Never heard of him. All right, decent quarterback though. 25 for 39 for 273 touchdowns and a pick. And uh, you know, did did got bottled up on the ground a little bit, 10 for 21. Uh so K-State put 400 yards up against this defense, right? K-State's not a it's kind of pedestrian this year compared to last year. Mm-hmm. Uh I don't know, man. I think this I think the, the, the results are what they are. They're six and one. They found a way to win games. Uh yeah. but is LSU what you call a good defense? I mean, Carolina's not either, obviously. But LSU's not a very good defense. Yeah, I was about to say, let's keep it in perspective. Carolina's yeah. defense has been atrocious. Yeah, but but I mean, look, I'm just saying that against against team, teams with the, 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 the three teams, and, and Devin Leary is not in that conversation, guys. Devin no. Leary has sucked bad this year, awful. He's, he's picked up where he left off in the Clemson game last year, which was awful. <laughs> Yeah. Awful, <laughs> awful. I mean, he he's done nothing, and that's probably Kentucky's big problem. I mean, he was fourteen for twenty-seven for one hundred twenty yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. Do you guys honestly think Spencer Rattler's playing at the level Devin Leary's playing right now? Hell no. no. no Devin no. Leary, De- Devin, they may as well put they, they, Georgia I, and Tennessee. Yeah, no. I know they paid a yeah. bunch for him, but they probably need to go put that kid in that's played against Carolina last year to spark the season. I would think. I mean, this guy's like this guy's just not very good. Not good. Not good. I mean, well, not in that I, system. But no quarterback's been good in that system. I mean, look what happened to Will Levis. I, I mean, thought I, I, I thought the Lord and Savior Liam Cohen though was uh, was the, the OC there. That's what we had heard. That's, that's what everybody said. That's yeah. what the, the media said. They're like, oh my God, Liam Cohen's back. That's what well, they that's told us, right? Yeah, it's everybody's yeah. ass now. Yeah. Oh, it's Liam Cohen. If you had to I evaluate mean, Liam Cohen versus. Dow Loggins right now, I don't think it's very close. I mean, Kentucky's I got the better route, route record. But. You evaluate what Dow Loggins has been able to do so far this year versus a lot of other coordinators in the country. He's done a, f- a heck of a job. Put that mic up closer to your mouth. Don't be scared. Uh, all, right. all right, Mike, uh, final thoughts for you before we get you out of here. Um, keys to the game for the Gamecocks. Yeah, I think, you know, coming out and, and, and being able to find some balance, being able to run the football – I think will be huge for us. Um, you know, you look at what we've been able to do with Mario Anderson's emergence. Um, I think that's a big thing. I think the offensive line play is going to be huge. Mm. Um, but, you know, really being disciplined on defense, really good eyes, and not letting all of that pre-snap movement and motion and all that get our guys out of position and to to eliminate a lot of those explosive plays that Missouri's used to having. And then really it's, you know, you can't really say, you know, contain Luther Burden, but – you know, try to try to keep him at bay and not allow all that pre-snap movement motion to, to create a lot of those mismatches. 
But I tell you, I think this team is is so close. Um, you know, a lot of what's happened recently, you know, it's been a disappointing start by by any means. But I think it's it's the the explosive plays we've given up on defense. If if you take some of those away and really limit some of those, I think you know the Mississippi State game is completely different. The Florida game is completely different. Um, you know, with how this offensive line has played, how they've gotten better. If we just even have a, a, a small portion of that against North Carolina. I think that game is different. Um, I really, you know, it's it's tough at two and four, but, you know, I think this team is so close, um, you know, to, to to being a completely different, having a completely different record and the narrative being being different. But I really like our matchups in this game um, against Missouri. I think this team is, is resilient. You know, you saw what happened last year against Tennessee and Clemson when it was – you know, got the six wins and then, oh, God, here we go. At least we got bowl eligible. But then you saw what happened mm-hmm. in those two games. And I'm, 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 you know, my hope, and I think that that's kind of where we are right now, is their backs are against the wall, um, just like they were last year going into those games. And I think with what we have in that locker room, you know, with guys like Spencer being the, being the leaders, um, some of the younger guys getting more experience, stepping up, those guys in the secondary that have been dog for the last couple of weeks, you know, having that pride and 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 that, you know, that dog mentality that they have, you know, I think this is kind of where we start to see the change um, for the second half of the season. And I really like South Carolina's chances, um, you know, going into Missouri. I think we we go in and I think we pull off the upset. And you know, I'm looking, you know, I know we've been scoring some points, but I think it's going to be a 38-28 kind of game. I think the Gamecocks win. I didn't think that one small shot of chicken cock would get Michael off his rocker, but boy, did it here early on a Friday afternoon at uh, <laughs> Palm Casual in Somerville. It's not a bad thought. I'm just messing with you. I've got belief in that they can do it too. To your point, before we let you run here, uh, that Shane's teams in the last couple of years, just when you thought that people they were you, know, you were starting to turn the lights out, he he found a way to actually go in there and make them a little bit brighter. They did it last year against Tennessee. Of course, that was in Williams Bryce Stadium, um, and then uh, and then in in 2021, you know, they found a way to kind of keep that train rolling as well. And and you just Florida, as a matter of fact, when they won that game 40 to 17, um, coming out of the break after A and M had dumped them, mm-hmm. and you know, so you know, they found ways to to uh, just keep this keep the positivity, keep the program uh, moving forward. That really starts with Shane. He's a very positive guy. 100%. You know, forget about it. Let's move on and let's go do our thing. Uh, I'm so glad, by the way, JC and Phil, that y'all are my teammates in this because uh, we haven't spent one second this week talking about Shane's foot, unlike the other idiots that are around the country. Um, if that's all they want to do because they don't know anything about football, then have at it. But um, maybe we maybe we know a little bit more about football. So I have no idea what he broke his foot on. Don't care. Just excited to watch him go play football tomorrow, and uh, I'm glad we got Mike in here to keep us straight. 38-28, you're saying. 38-28. Yeah. You know, I think these, right. these guys are resilient. It's the foundation that Coach, that Shane Beamer has brought to this program and all the outside noise that comes in. They could That team could have very well easily folded last year um, within all that. They could have done this, done the same thing this year, and I think, you you know, with, with others, it, it – it changes, but Shane never deviates from that. You know, he he stays the course. He continues to preach and say the same things that he believes into the team, which, you know, those guys believe in. And it really changes the attitude, the mentality of a team when you get your backs against the wall. And I think 
that's where we are. And I think with, with the foundation that, that Shane's brought here and, you know, these guys are going to, are going to re- react and respond the right way and, you know, not let it continue to drive them, you know, backwards. So that, I think that's a big part of this program and what coach Beamer's brought and the success that is to come as well. You want to do your toast to Tommy before we let you get out of here? I sure will. Is that your toast to Tommy Moody? Yep. The great Tommy Moody. Yes, sir. Michael Flint joining us here at uh, Palm Casual in Somerville. Uh, Michael, of course, always on on Fridays, except for last Friday. We were teed up out there at Fort Jackson. That was a neat scene, by the way, being able to play golf and hearing all the gunshots going off in the background from the firing range. That was neat. I enjoyed that. Uh, it, um, it made my slices sound different. You couldn't uh, you couldn't hear it uh, when when you're hitting it off the heel of the golf club. So that was I thought good. you were going to say all the camaraderie between everybody. How, well, much, there, how much junk gets talked and everything else? Yeah, dude. Yeah, it was. Uh, he, well, uh, there was audible distraction. He could blame his bad games on this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that's the damn gunshots going off. That's why I can't hit it straight. There was there was there was a lot of them. They uh, the America's finest out there at Fort Jackson. Thanks as always, my man. Enjoy it, fellas. Y'all have a good one. There he is. Cox. The original one nine, Michael Flint from Mount Pleasant, South Carolina, the home of our terrible Wando Warriors, but they'll get that turned around. All right. Uh, we do need to step aside. Uh, we still got to make some picks coming up here. Uh, Aaron Beasley is our guest picker this week, owner here at Palm Casual. So we'll let him step in. If any of you saw him earlier, he's pretty good at this whole radio thing. Uh, so we're looking forward to getting him in and having some fun. Um, and uh, a couple of little nuggets to pass along for the game, and um, then we'll get you out of here on a Friday afternoon. We are powered by Electric Bites of Charleston, and I can't thank Michelle Wilkins enough uh, because her other business, Charleston Fitness Equipment, has found a way to eliminate my double chin. This is fantastic. The hydro rower has got me looking good. I feel good. I look good. And that is good news in our house. So thanks to Charleston Fitness Equipment and that hydro rower, which is $200 off right now, uh, charlestonfitnessequipment.com. Aaron Beasley joins us next here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Hey, folks, it's JB. And as we all know, it's football season. My favorite place to shop for myself and the family is Gamecock Traditions in Lexington. They have the widest selection of Gamecocks attire, plus all the cool accessories for tailgating, cooking, kids, shoes, hats, and so much more. Most importantly for me, you can order online at GamecockTraditions.com and it's shipped timely to your door. I've been shopping here for years and I hope you will too. Order online right now on the Chief Sports app. Go Gamecocks! Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you're on Medicare currently or approaching eligibility, it's time to enroll in a Medicare plan that meets your needs. Palmetto Medicare is here to help you through the process. Palmetto Medicare's owner, Brian Spencer, and his team of experts are here to assist you. Learn about the benefits and enroll in the plan that will cover as many of your medical costs as possible. Some of the advantages of Medicare health plans may include variety of plan choices, increased benefits, lower premiums, and more. Give Palmetto Medicare a call to discuss your insurance and help get the exact coverage for your needs today. 
Nana's Porch, nanasporch.com. At Nana's Porch, they cater weddings, parties, and all kinds of special events. Their meals are served buffet style. In seconds, they're encouraged. Plus, they can bring their mobile food unit to bring on-site and serve your guests as a unique alternative for your catering needs. Inquire about rentals as well. Nanasporch.com. Find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 336-259-7550. South Carolinians, this message is for you, as well as for people in Georgia, Florida, and Tennessee. If you think you may need work done to your roof or a new roof altogether, there's one simple name to remember, Elite Roofing and Restoration. South Carolina native Jeremy Johnson has been helping people in the South make sure they have the very best people checking on and building new roofs for over 25 years. Fully licensed, bonded, and insured. They provide the best service possible. Call or email today, 678-781-1998. That's 678-781-1998. Or you can go to Elite Roofing. GA.com. Schedule a no-hassle free inspection today. Wind damage, hail damage, or just wear and tear. Don't settle for second best. Let Jeremy Johnson and Elite Roofing and Restoration take care of it all for you today. JB. It's 135. Welcome back inside the Gamecocks, the show served by Chicken Cock Whiskey. And we, of course, are live from Palm Casual out here in Somerville, South Carolina, 305 Holiday Drive, where 7 o'clock Sunday morning, this is going to be Christmas for all of you that like your uh, out your outdoors to look good and uh, you'd be able to invite the friends and family that you like over. We don't invite family to our house that we don't like. <laughs> um, but uh, those, those type of people, you want to be able to sit outside and enjoy it with some stuff that's going to last a lifetime. Aaron Beasley, the owner is sitting back in with us. He's our guest picker today. More, more than likely guys, he's going to whip us. And that's just <laughs> I mean, so you so know. Much pressure is 0% uh, chance. Yeah, but you don't feel pressure. I've played <laughs> golf with you. I you do. know, I, I hit eat a, it like candy. I hit a ball in the woods, guys, and I'm walking around, you know, wanting to snap my driver in half. And he's like, it's good. You'll chip it in from up there. I'm like, Weasel, I'm 250 yards out from the trees. Oh, you got it, man. It's going in. Yeah, going in, Confidence going in the lake. Issue. Confidence going, on the course yeah. never an issue. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so um, before we get into the picks and stuff like that, though, uh, give us one more kind of your version of why we're here. What's going on on Sunday for those that are tuning in late? Yes, and um, and uh, that will be listening later, and um, and why it's important for them to be here on Sunday. Yes, um, it will be a if you ever needed anything for your patio, um, anything outdoors, it is the best opportunity that you will have for a minimum of twelve months, three hundred and sixty-five days, to get a tremendous value on a great product and. I say that very confidently. Um, I say that understanding that I cannot oversell it too much because there will be a ton of product 
at an extremely low price. And uh, I appreciate the show coming out here. And I promise anybody who comes, you will not be disappointed in the selection, the amount of product, the quality of the product, or the price of the product. Um, And it will be excellent. And I mean, it's a very rare occasion we do this. And um, it'll be the best opportunity. And you can, you don't have to buy a whole set. You can buy one chair, one cushion, whatever. And we'll be set up. And uh, it will be an excellent, excellent value. Get here early. I'm telling you, get here early. Good stuff goes. If you if you're particular, get good stuff. Um, as the day goes on, we will cut down prices. And uh, if you show up late, uh, there will be killer deals. But it might not be exactly what you want. So so you have to weigh those options. Um, but regardless, even if you come late, I know there's there's so much stuff here. I mean, truly. Um, I mean, I have. I think I've got more product. I probably have. What would you say? Seventy, eighty thousand square feet of product. Oh my God, I've never. There's this wall to wall. You can't walk through. I mean, I'm not. Yeah. This building's twenty thousand square feet, and you can't walk through it. I mean, it's stacked up. So. Yeah, I've never seen anything like this. Yeah, this is what's what you got your eye on over there, Mike. You, you got you got something picked out. Yeah, he's got yeah, something. yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's, we brought our truck. Wando, so. he needs some red and black over there. You know, <laughs> uh, it's, it's cardinal in black. Is it cardinal? You know, we're orange we're not and blue red. and JI yeah. <laughs> undefeated this yeah. year. Yeah, I know. <laughs> they play good football in James Island. We don't it's know. Any, we don't know anything about that anymore. It's at Wando, so. Um. Shane Beamer is three and eight versus the top twenty-five in his tenure at South Carolina. The first four losses, uh, remember, were quite the debacle uh, by an average of twenty-eight points. The last four losses by thirteen points uh, on average. Uh, two and five on the road versus the AP top twenty-five. This will be the first time that they've played uh, Missouri on the road as a top twenty-five team ever. Um, also, by the way, a really interesting note in this series, when Carolina scores 21 points, that's it, 21, that's three touchdowns for those who can count, for those you know from <laughs> Goose Creek and places like that that are learning to count. They're 5-2 and two in the series. Really? 5-2, and 0-6 oh when they score 20 or less. Yeah. So what do you think, JC? The number's 21, or should we go to 31, or I don't know. Maybe we'll maybe 21. sixty-one with sixty-one points on the road get us get the Gamecocks a win this week. Well, it ought to keep you in it in the fourth quarter. Yeah, JC JC yesterday. I don't think he realized what he had said. I caught it. He said, "I, you know, I've got contacts in the building that tell me if they, you know, play offense like they did last week, it'll be a fourth quarter game." I said, "You mean to tell me if they score forty points or in the fourth quarter? Well, that's good news, <laughs> you know." Like. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, so hopefully they can figure out how to do, uh, score uh, 39 or 40 points and, and get a win. But um, um, we'll, we'll pick that game and all these games coming up here in just a little bit. Uh, some kind of final keys to the game, guys, JC and Phil. I've got a couple. Y'all fill in the gaps here where you may. Um, <laughs> this is duh, but it, they haven't had one, so maybe this would be a time to start it. Have a backup plan, as in, like, make adjustments. When they adjust, be able to adjust. Um, I, I mentioned this to Michael earlier. He didn't seem to agree with me. That's okay. I'll stand on my own two feet here and continue to hammer the point home that I think needs to be made. I think that this is a game where South Carolina needs to control the clock. Um, I don't necessarily always think that that's the case, but I do think that it would be beneficial for them to control it as much as they can. Got to be able to score when you're doing that. When you when you don't, though, flip the field. And, and that's been a problem. Uh, the special teams has had some some bugaboos here and there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they need to be special. They've got to be able to flip the field in a game like this when you don't put points on the board. And then the defense has got to be able to move Brady Cook around 
and uh, and get him out of the pocket instead of sitting there and letting him throw it and letting him read it and run it. If they can do those things, I think they're going to be fine. Uh, JC, Phil, any final kind of keys to the game for the two of you before we uh, get into the this week's picks? I effectively like the whole, you know, I don't know. My, what I have written down is make every possession count. Regardless of how that is, yeah, or a touchdown on every possession, every defensive possession, <laughs> you gotta make those count. That's yeah, the, I, I think that. that's what he's like, getting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. No, but like the flip the field thing is the other thing. Is like if you didn't, if you're unsuccessful at getting into the end zone or kicking the ball, I mean, you know, kicking a field goal, you need to flip the field. Uh, but every time you possess the ball on offense, you need to make it count. Yeah. See if you can run the ball. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm, look at these numbers. I'm like. Eh. See if you can't you can't run it. Can't, Mario Anderson can't get some things going on the ground. You do that, that's going to keep their defensive line from putting some of those exotic pressures on you and teeing off on Spencer and going to keep some pressure off Spencer because they have to respect the run and probably will open things up downfield for you. Uh, so see if you can run the ball. Uh, maybe, I mean, look. The, the, the statistical rankings don't mean everything, but I do like to look at them. This this team, Missouri, now South Carolina statistically is by far the worst defense they've played. They're 121st in total D. But the, the best defense, Kentucky, Kentucky's the best defense they played, 47th. They played three defenses that are in the 100s, Middle Tennessee, LSU, and Vandy. All right, South Carolina's worst defense they played this year is Mississippi State at 79. Everybody else is in the top 50 in right. total defense. Um including three top 20 defenses in Kentucky, Tennessee. Oh, I'm sorry, that's offense. That's offense, total offense. Total defense, everybody, there's the five teams they've played that they've, uh, besides Furman, uh, there's the, the worst D they've played is Mississippi State at 89. Three are in the top 20, Tennessee, Georgia, Florida. Uh, UNC's 54th. I think a lot because their style of play on offense. Uh, offense is the game guys to play. Two top 10 offenses, Georgia, North Carolina, 32. Second offense, Tennessee, 48th offense in Florida. I think Gamecocks helped the Gators there. <laughs> uh, and then 79th, Mississippi State. So just, just kind of glancing at it, man. I mean, it, it may be a situation where we just don't know. I mean, yeah. where, where, where South Carolina's played a, a pretty challenging dang schedule. And, and Missouri, quite frankly, has had some cupcakes. I mean, I know in most years it's impressive to put 39 on the board against LSU, but not this year because everybody else is scoring on them at will, except Auburn, who can't score. I mean, Arkansas went up and down the field on them. Ole Miss scored 53. Florida State scored 45. I mean, LSU stopped nobody. None. Nine. This would have been a nice year to have LSU on the schedule instead of next year, maybe. Yeah, yeah, next year they'll come in with a top-10 defense and kill them. Oh, yeah. They'll be number one in the country. Yeah, and South Carolina's faced some very good offenses this year as well. So, I don't know. I don't don't know what to think. You know, stats, you know, there's there's lies, damn lies, and statistics. But uh, just kind (laughs) of looking at it, it's like – it's not like Missouri's lined up and ran all over teams and – I'm just uh, I'm a little skeptical about their ability to stop the run all of a sudden, the, the Missouri Tigers. Before we get to these picks as well, JC, quick recruiting update. You had a good one this morning for one of the nation's best defensive ends. Things oh. looking good for Carolina. Yeah, I think they asked about three prospects in the chat box today. I remember, uh, first of all, Cameron Fountain committed to Southern Cal right now, 6'5", 240. 
just as the week went on and I picked up more intel on him and kind of did just kind of some of my own uh, investigative work and, and, and really just use some common sense and logic. I think South Carolina's in good shape to, to flip him right now. He's a top 10 defensive end in the country, though, so there's going to be competition. I just can't figure out from where right now. He told Hale the other day uh, he wasn't hearing from Auburn all that much. I thought Auburn would be a team that was heavily involved. I think you got to look out for Florida State, maybe Florida, um, maybe maybe even like a Tennessee coming back in on him. But uh, I think the Gamecocks uh, look pretty good. And it's always smart to keep the lines of communication open for a kid from the south that's going all the way out to L.A., uh, I also did not write this on the board, but if I were a defensive prospect, I quite frankly would have to question the commitment to that side of the ball by Lincoln Riley. Uh, and and it, before everybody goes, well, South Carolina's defense is awful. No, Lincoln Riley hadn't played any defense his whole career. I mean, we're we're, we're going we're talking about a career compared to a year here, right? Um, and so I like that. Uh, somebody asked about Amari Adams. Said he had Florida State gloves on. He did visit Florida State recently. Uh, he's got a guy that takes him to Florida State. South Carolina still feels really good about him. He's at South Florence. I, uh, FSU may try to may make a run, but I think at the end of the day, he's he's going to be a, a gamecock, and he's twenty twenty five. So there's a long way to go for him. Uh, also, uh, somebody mentioned quarterback Ryan Montgomery from Ohio. He's also a twenty twenty five kid. Uh, says the national media always talking about other schools when it comes to him. Clemson was mentioned. Blah blah blah. Uh, doesn't mention Carolina a whole lot. Well, his dad DMs me on Twitter a lot and mentions Carolina all the time. Of course, he knows <laughs> he knows the team I cover, but huh. I mean, so I'll I'll take his word for it. I just don't think he's like getting on Twitter lying. Yeah, Man, let's let's mess with JC Sherbert and tell him Ryan's coming to South Carolina. I mean, the kid made a visit down for the Florida game. So, uh, so anyway, I just wanted to go through all that recruiting stuff. I know you guys wanted to hear about it right away, but. On Fridays, we have a very structured show. Today, we had a very special uh, very special remote we had to do, too. So, you don't always get the recruiting report right away. You got to listen to all three hours. So oh, there. and also, it's our show, so we can do it however we want. That's right. That's <laughs> the Red House. I don't take directions from chat boxes, Weasel. I don't know if you figure that out. No. No, sir. Uh, no. No. Not at all. There were, no right. compl- there were no complaints. They just oh, I, no, I felt no. bad. No, I'm, I'm being I'm being playful. That's all. I've been drinking chicken cock all day. I'm ready to kill somebody. The bottle so, is definitely less than yeah. it was when it, when it arrived. <laughs> That's because Mike had one sip over here and picked Carolina to score 75 points tomorrow. I'm trying yeah, to figure I'm out what close happened. there. Yeah. A little bit shy of where I'll be. That's now, okay. He's laid up in his outdoor <laughs> furniture. He's he's ready to roll. It's the magic of chicken cock. So if you're sleeping it overnight at seven o'clock, it's yours, right? It's true. That's hey, a good point. I've told JB I've done taste tests. Like I, I have a lot of extremely good bourbon in my house. Yes. I have done taste tests blind with multiple people for like three years, and every time chicken cock is one. And I'm not just saying that because it's a plug on the show. It's amazing if you do a blind taste test, and I've done it against. I'm talking about. Bottles that are over a thousand dollars and chicken cock has beat it pound for pound. The basic bourbon of chicken cock. It has an excellent flavor. Try it. I'm dead serious. Um, I've never had a person like bourbon say they didn't like it. It's, it's gold. I mean that as genuine as I can. This say. is the bourbon of the yeah. Gamecocks. And this I'm, I'm not. I'm non-party. You, you, I'm non-biased you, you, here. 
Aaron, you literally just made our next chicken cock commercial. We got to get that. Yeah. <laughs> and Marty was oh, supposed to be here today, yeah. but he had to back out this morning. I'll, I'll so. be sure to. I'm gonna download that because that's awesome. That's a you, true you're story too. Up the, the blind taste test. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's, I've done it multiple, multiple times. With, Phil, with very Phil good loves it. Phil loves it, man. Phil, I mean, Phil had it before the UNC game and loved it. Was sneaking like the Pink Panther over to get it from the Billy G's tent. Like, cause they read out elsewhere. I saw Phil like sl- like slinking next table. Was like, oh boy, here's some more. <laughs> he I think it. I ate, uh, well, I didn't do it. I didn't drink the entire bottle, but I'm pretty sure that I took the last drink out of two bottles. <laughs> <laughs> the JB sip. The JB sip. The last. Pretty sip. sure you had the last drink out of one. Of, definitely mine. Oh, uh, I did. Sure. I was like, you know what? Might as well just take it all. <laughs> <laughs> you know. It's it's so lonely. Might as well, uh, might as well uh, take him well, to his Billy home. Well, was standing there too. He was like, "Listen, man, there's not really enough to really save it at that point." I'm like, "You know what? Yeah, that's uh, you're right. It spoils. If you don't finish it, it spoils. You got it. You, gotta, you don't right. want it to go bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There is no doubt about that. All right, let's do it. Let's go. It's time to make some picks here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Of course, again, today live from Palm Casual in Somerville. Can't wait for uh, Sunday to roll around 7 a.m., 350 Holiday Drive. This has been a, this has been really neat to be here and uh, appreciate you having us. Great. Thank you all for coming. Seriously, thank you Yeah, y'all. no Dead doubt. Serious. No doubt. No doubt. All right, the schedule. We've got 10 games to get to this week. Penn State and Ohio State. Uh, will lead off. Will be one of the games that leads off tomorrow's slate in college football. The big noon kickoff on Fox from Ohio Stadium in Columbus, Ohio. It's a seven-three matchup. I left one of my sheets of paper at home, Weasel, so I had to uh, go back and make sure that I knew what I was talking about. Penn State does not have a win in this series since 2016. They don't have a win in Columbus, Ohio, since 2011, and the uh, spread is five now in favor of the Buckeyes at home. You, you'll you pick last when we get to South Carolina, but you'll pick first okay. to lead off this segment. Alright, pressure on me. Um, I think the Fighting Franklins are a better team than people realize this year. Uh, Penn State. I, uh, I do small plug. I have a store in the third largest city in Ohio. Uh, Hilton Head, South Carolina. There is a Palm Casual there for everyone in Hilton Head. <laughs> so so I, I can't make the Ohio State contingency mad. Um, however, uh, I do believe, um, I think Ohio State wins. I think Penn State will struggle beating the helmet. I think that they find magic at home. It's hard to win on the road. I've got OHIO rolling. All right, how about you, JC? I'm going with Penn State. Ooh, mm, bold. Beef, beef with bold. JC early. Phil? Uh, yeah, but this is uh, James Franklin's year. This is it. You do it now or you don't do it at all. So yeah. like, I like where I'm at on an island yeah. over here. James Island. Guys, island. They don't know what they're talking about. Ohio State is at home in this game. They will win. This is the time of year where Ohio State kicks it into gear. They blow it at the end of the year, but this is the time of the season where they kick it into gear and they will beat Penn State. Mississippi State is at Arkansas. These teams are winless in the SEC. It combined 0-7 at noon tomorrow on ESPN from Razorback Stadium. Uh, it's it's crazy to even think that Sam Pittman might have heat on him, but he will if he loses this ball game at home against the Mississippi State team that, of course, has struggled. It's South Carolina's lone win in the SEC thus far as well. Who you got? 
I got Mississippi State. Um, I think the Bulldogs, after seeing them in Williams Bryce, uh, either I'm dumb or or jaded or what, but I feel like they can score points. Um, and I think Arkansas is um, the Pittman allure is I think on life support and um, whatever he's doing, it's not getting it done. Uh, Arkansas, my whole life, I was talking the other day, they've always had tremendous running. They have offensive linemen. They run the football. They run the football. They run the football. And I could be wrong the other day. I think Phil or someone said that they're, they're like last in the SEC, aren't they, in rushing or something? Either way, they don't run it like they normally do. And I can tell you, Mississippi State wins. Ooh, JC. Sausage. I don't know what that means. What does that mean? <laughs> who, who wins this game? Sausage. Sausage. You've, what do you, you make sausage out of? Yeah, I got Mississippi State. Okay. Oh, sausage. Who makes Pig. sausage out of a dog? Are you Korean? You got, you're going with Arkansas? Suey. Oh, I said home, not dog. <laughs> well, no, Bill? I said sausage. Dude, come on. Bill? Yeah. Um, I'm going Arkansas, too. Yep, Arkansas. I like them at home. Yeah. yeah. Doing it. I like Arkansas at home as well. I, they their losses this year. They've been in every game they played in. I'm going to take the the Hogs at home. I uh, I think that uh, Pittman will survive the season and it'll start in this game. Washington State is at ninth ranked Oregon at 3:30 on ABC uh, tomorrow from Autzen Stadium up in Eugene. And I think that there's a lot of folks that have kind of written this game off because Oregon's a 20 point favorite and. It's Washington State. Washington State is having a nice year. They've come back down to earth. Yeah. All right. This is a careful game because it's being played at 1230 Ooh. at Autzen. 3.30 our time. Out west is three hours. <laughs> so 1230 out there. Sleepy ball game. Yeah. What do you got? I got Jordan Birch. Yeah. I got Oregon. Um, I think they, uh, full disclosure, I think Washington State's pretty good. I think Oregon cruises. Um, I think it's a it's a roll. They're 20-point favorites. Hi, uh, JC. Go ahead. Uh, I'm going with the Ducks. I, Oregon State's loss to Arizona at home last week just kind of threw me off their bandwagon. Yeah. You're talking about Washington State? Yeah, Washington State. The, the Wazoo, they lost 40-46 at home to the Arizona Wildcats. I know. You, you had said Oregon State. Yeah, we oh. just want to make sure we were on the same page here. I'm sorry. I've been He's thinking about their mascot. Chicken cock. I haven't had any chicken cock. I need some. I've, I've, been, I've been up since like four, so uh, my, 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 my West Coast brain is not working right now. West Coast memories. Uh, give me the ducks. Big. Yeah. I mean, what, yeah. Washington State's having a great year, but at home at Alton, yeah, this is yeah, I'm with you. I, I'm with Oregon. I think Washington State might have a chance to cover, but Oregon will – uh, win the game. 13th ranked Ole Miss is on the road at Auburn. That's a six and a half point spread tomorrow night at seven o'clock. Auburn, of course, they don't have an offense. They don't have a quarterback, which is crazy under a guy named Hugh Freeze, but it's year one. Give him time. We know he'll find it. It's on ESPN from Jordan here. Is there an upset happening here? Six going, and a half. So my buddy Rutledge Long, mm-hmm. who's a big, big Carolina Ross supporter, um, love him. He told me to take Auburn. Ooh. Uh, WDE uh, I think Auburn, it, it would be classic Ole Miss. It, it is Ole Miss, South Carolina, Oklahoma State. We run very similar paths, Texas Tech. You get to the table, and, and you can't get dessert. And I see this is their letdown. Um, there you go. Get to the table, can't get dessert. <laughs> JC? I'm going to Ole Miss in a close one, but I definitely don't can discount the people that are saying Auburn to pull the ups. 
mindset because it's mm. like he said, it's when a when a brand team and Auburn's just inside that brand area. They've won national championships there. Old Miss has never been to Atlanta. When sometimes that happens, you know, you, you, you got a, a brand team in a down year or a, a first year of a head coach rebuild year, and they jump up and bite you no matter how much better you are uh, as a team. So uh, I think uh, I think people are. Because they, they mm-hmm. see the blowout last week by Auburn at LSU, and they're like, ah, they're dead. Uh, not against Ole Miss at home. Not at night, okay. not at Jordan here. Bill? Uh, yeah, I like Ole Miss, although, you know, weird stuff happens on the planes. I like Auburn to, you know, taking Auburn in the points if we were playing points. But since mm-hmm. we lost, uh, give me Ole I like Phil's pick there, but Rutledge took me to play out on Kiowa, so I'm going to go with Rutledge Long and Auburn. I I agree with you. This six and a half, something feels off here, man. I don't know what it is. Something, there's always something weird every year in Auburn, Alabama. Every year. Doesn't matter how good or bad they are. I'm with you. I think it's a stunner on Saturday night. I think Auburn wins. Michigan to Michigan State, quick pick here. Uh, Michigan apparently is being investigated. Well, I've heard they have film. I've I've got uh, Michigan. They're going to roll. I don't care. They're better than Michigan State. Michigan State's a dumpster fire. I I put an application last week to be the head coach there. Um, And and I turned it down. I turned it down. I'd rather be here for the factory clearance event. Yeah, they'd hire anyone there. Um, I got got Michigan rolling big. Uh, I'm with Michigan, JC. Michigan, I, you know, if, if they weren't a cluster in East Lansing right now, I'd say watch out. I mean, and it's up there. It's in East Lansing, but I, I, I'm, I'm going to go with Michigan. I, I think that the uh, the pseudo-investigation matters none. Yeah. yeah, I'm with you, fellas. Give me the big blue. Big blue? Okay. Duke in Florida State tomorrow night at 7.30 on ABC. Did anybody, did anybody be honest, who circled this game as primetime on ABC? Before the season started, I did because I knew they beat Clemson. So oh. that was a, that was a layup. Cam told me they're right there. Manager Myrtle Beach told me they beat Clemson. So I knew that. Well, do they beat Florida State? They're fourteen and a half point dogs. No, yeah. F L O R I D A S T A T E for State, for State, for State. Yeah, woo. I'm with you. Uh, I've got Florida State, JC. How soft is college football when Duke is winning games by running the ball, hitting people in the mouth, and playing defense? Duke. Okay. Oh. Sometimes this game is about will. and, and You're and taking Duke, Duke? No, I'm just saying. College football <laughs> generals should be ashamed. They're the, most, they're the most physical team in the country, Duke is. They almost beat the University of Notre Dame in Durham. A game they was there for the first time in 155 years. I right, so who are you picking? Tell Bobby Bowden and just piss all over the Bobby Bowden statue and hang the blue devil cape on it if it happened to win. But Florida State gets too much talent. I'm going with the Nose. How about you, Phil? Yeah, give me the no. No. Yeah. yeah, yeah I, we're all. Don't be surprised if that's close. And don't be surprised. No, yeah. If yeah. Duke that gets, if Duke gets a lead, if yeah. Duke gets a lead, then it's hell for yeah. Florida State to come back and win. So far, just one road team uh, that I have picked to win. This one's interesting. At 8 o'clock on Fox tomorrow night, 14th ranked Utah is on the road against Southern Cal, who got embarrassed. They yeah. got embarrassed last week. And, South Bend, Indiana, they deserved it because they can't stop anybody on defense, much like the Gamecocks can't. Uh, they've got one loss on the year. They're still convinced they can get to the college football playoff, but we've got news for them. They can't get there, can they? But can they beat Utah tomorrow night? They've had quarterback problems all year. I don't know. They're still they're hanging in there at 5-1. and one. Southern Cal is a seven-point favorite in the game. Uh, Florida, UNC, uh, 
they're part of the top teams, Tennessee, top three or four teams in the country. Yeah. Transitively, Utah beat Florida because they beat Carolina. So they have to be because we're like number six. So they have to be number okay. you know five. Okay. Yeah. Therefore, I'm taking the Utes. Um, no, I think they beat them. I think Southern Cal's overrated. Uh, they got problems. Um, go in defense there. Yeah, Utah's tough. Utah hits there. They're the Duke of the West Coast, according to JC. Mm. They are the Duke <laughs> of the West Coast, which sounds like Utah crazy. defense. Utah defense. That's yeah. that's the ticket. JC, who wins? Grown ass men on that defense too. By the way, man. I want to say Utah, but Utah, Utah. I mean, I can't. I, I can't. In my mind, my mind, my mind could not process it because I'm like, well, Utah's won this game four years in a row, right? Yep. They beat them twice last year. They beat them once, yep. close, and then they they just the, the Southern Cal like the dude put Caleb put the thing on, and you can hear some of this arrogance start to come out of Caleb Williams. This oozing mm-hmm. of a, I'm not really sure about being yeah. here. I don't care, um, and that's what makes me think if Southern, you know, Southern Cal should, by the law of the college football gods and averages, win this game. But I don't yeah. think they will because I think Still? I think Caleb Williams will not do it. Yeah, no, same thing. I, I think you know if you really wanted to bounce back, you'd have to have a defense as well as an offense, and uh, there you have to be able to bounce back with that. And we'll close the door on USC in the uh, in the final four. I'm taking the Trojans. I think that they'll squeeze it out, and they'll uh, they'll they'll win tomorrow night with points. They'll put enough points on the road to win. Tennessee and Alabama tomorrow, the third Saturday in October. Tennessee finally broke through last year. That was in Neyland. Yeah, this is in T Town. Uh, I think Tennessee is not near as good as they were last year. Disappointed the Cox couldn't beat them. Uh, I'm here to tell you, Rama Jama. Although they've got problems, uh, they lack a great quarterback, but. Nick Saban, he rolls. Uh, Bama rolls. I'm with you. Bama covers. Eight and a half. Home. Defense. Milton on the road. No bueno. Mortgage the furniture. Let's go. Bama. Yeah. <laughs> Not so fast, my friend. Not so fast. Because I, I just keep thinking back to that Champions of Life game in 2015 when when, when COL almost uh, upset them. It, it, sometimes it's closer in Tuscaloosa, uh, especially that 330 kickoff. Tennessee has an excellent defensive line. Alabama's offensive line was shockingly – I was shocked at how bad they looked against Arkansas last week. It's close. Alabama wins. I'm picking Bama. But there's no way in hell they cover that, that, that many points, in my opinion. And I, I do think we're going to see as the year goes on, Tennessee is much they better They went by 30. They went by 30. I do think Tennessee's much better at home than they are on the road. I think we're going to find that out as the year goes on. But, but this is a Tennessee-Alabama game, and – Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. I just after watching that line last week, man. I mean, yeah. I've never seen an Alabama line get worse as the game goes on with, an, 18, with an 18 point lead. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with JC. I think. Uh, sorry, I missed. I distracted. He, uh, yeah, no. Give me give me Alabama at home. Uh, it's going to be a very frightened and uh, uh, brown pants Bryant Denny Stadium. But <laughs> I think they walk out of there with a close one. <laughs> Miami and Clemson tomorrow night at 8 on the ACC Network from Hard Rock Stadium. Clemson generally doesn't have problems down there with the hurricane. Yeah, JC, we're buddies, right? I, I've enjoyed today. Thank you for having me. I got to tell you something. You're not going to like me anymore. Bad news. My wife was a cheerleader at Clemson. Um, I'm embarrassed to tell you that, JC. Mm-hmm. Phil, sorry. However, 
Why do you You had a cheerleader. You have dated. You've married to a cheerleader. Why in the hell would I? Why would I? Because she's a, she's a Clemson cheerleader. Well, if she if she was a Purdue if she, if she was a Purdue cheerleader, I'd think less of you. <laughs> well, I'll say this though. Or an A and M cheerleader. <laughs> she A and M cheerleader. Yeah, that'd be an issue too. More questions beyond that. If you think girls are great on the sidelines, let's get guys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but the ones but, that shake the whole thing. She yeah. uh she uh was. A Clemson cheerleader. She is now a Gamecock. Miami roll. She told me to pick the U. <laughs> wow. I picked Clemson before. I got to stay consistent, right? It's just the, the history down there. Those those guys play yeah. even when they don't have. Even when Clemson's not very good, they're very good against Miami. So I, I don't know what it is. Maybe things change. You know, Dabo was very good against Duke for a long time too. Right? Who knows? But I'm going with Clemson. I got one more Clemson bold prediction. Bold prediction. Dabo retires with a losing record against Carolina. Mm. Mm. I'm telling you, watch that. That's not bold. And I think he's done in about three years. And I think cocky. Just put that in the back of your. That means they got to win. Heard it here. You <laughs> they heard they it here first. Keep, they keep I think his yeah, record's like clip in that. his record. In his record, like seven and six or eight. And six. Yeah, he's barely over five hundred. Yeah, you got it. Clip that now. Clip that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, you heard it here first. Hey, but after the sale, put that out into the universe after the sale. After the sale, uh, it can go out on Monday. Whenever no re- no returns, that's it. The doors are closed. All right, uh, Phil, JC, who you got? Clemson or Miami? Quick pick here. Quick I said pick. Clemson. I said Clemson. Okay. Uh, you know, I said Clemson yesterday, even to cover, but give me the U today, baby. Yeah, you know, I, <laughs> I, 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 I like that. Phil, my I, guy. I was, that's where I was yesterday, too. I was all over it now. They're not going to have any problems down there. I, getting around Weasel makes me feel good, so I'm with you. I think Miami will, will beat them tomorrow night. After, after all this research I've done all week, for whatever reason, Miami sucks, but they'll find a way to win. You've, you've, oh, left, me, you've left me on Clemson Island with all with all the hayseeds over it's here. It's the Klubnik turnover is what's going to happen. The Klubnik turnover. You know? I, I yeah. leave me on this Clemson yeah. Island. I'm going to respect this Clemson Island. Yeah. Seneca Sound up there in Seneca right. Sound. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Seneca Sound. <laughs> and finally, tomorrow at 3.30 on the SEC Network from Ferro Field in Columbia, Missouri. 62,000 will be seated for this one. The Gamecocks of South Carolina and the 20th-ranked Tigers of Missouri who come into the game at 6-1, and 2-1 in the SEC. The last time they played a home SEC game was only a couple of weeks ago, and it was a 49 to 39 loss against the LSU Tigers. JC, uh, who wins? Missouri's breaking out the banana hammock uniforms, as I like to call them. Mm. The all gold. Have you seen these jokers? Yeah. That's good. I think it's going to be a close game. I think it'll be a fourth-quarter game. But I said at the beginning of the week, I'm not picking Carolina this week. Uh, just like I did not. I was dis- disgusted with Notre Dame heading into last week's weekend's ball game. And okay. The, so the reverse mojo works. I'm going um, yeah. I'm going Missouri like 31-27. And it's another one we're sitting here going, well, five things had to happen wrong. Carolina wins. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's just kind of – it's just kind of been that way this season, so I have no reason to think different until I do. Phil? I picked Carolina to win big, and I said I wouldn't do it. That was last week. If they didn't, mm. so you almost taught me into, you know, picking Carolina again. Here's the thing. I feel like, I feel like you know, a 
wife, sending a traveling salesman out for the next two weeks. So yep. you gotta, you're gonna have to, you know, bring home the bacon somewhere along this for, for the, you know, the, the wife to stay at home and not leave you, aka a, a the fan base, when you get back here to finish your home run. Uh, but I think this, you, I think you can bang the over on this one, but Mizzou wins. And just like JC said, they're going to have like a handful of things you can point to uh, that could have gone different. And until I'm proven otherwise, that's just how I'm rolling. Give me, uh, I, give me Missouri yeah. 41 to 37. It hadn't felt good for me all week either. I thought I've been, <laughs> I've been waiting for this day to pick the game cars to get beat. I thought they would, but after talking to you, I think they win 75 to nothing <laughs> against Missouri tomorrow night. And Spencer Rattler throws for 999 yards. And uh, it's the biggest one. I'm just kidding. I, I actually, I feel a little bit better than I did uh, listening to Flint earlier. I, I think that uh, this, this there's a, and JC, his rushing numbers brought some things back or something weird happens and somehow they find a way. I'll give Shane Beamer some credit on this. He'll find a way to win it. So Gamecocks in an upset, 31 to 30, much like last year in I Death know. Valley. Remember when I gave Beamer the 31-30 ball Bears. out of yeah. Kiowa? <laughs> He's got it in his office. Yeah, yeah. you know, good score. Um, I'll say this. Uh, Missouri, pretty good football team. Um, top 25. Uh, uh, but I think Cocky gets it done. Oh, God. <laughs> 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 yeah! Uh, oh man we are of course 10 minutes past time but uh, we've had a blast here before we leave uh weasel has been kind enough to give everybody here not everybody because there are some people that still have to actually work but a lot of us uh a uh, toast to tommy moody here on inside the game Touch the show the Grand, great voice of Peacock Baseball. So if Tommy's family is watching, this is for you, Mr. Moody. Pulling through this weekend at Eric Church, drinking my hand, taking us home. For Aaron Beasley, Michael Flint, JC, Bill, and myself, we'll see you on Monday at 11 on Inside the Gamecocks. Gamecocks.